Good evening, everybody. We are live from London, Ontario. Whether you're listening to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio uh, later on, right now we are live on uh, Twitter, or sorry, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. And just a little bit of a delay. We've been running around uh, trying to get some videos to work, and they're unfortunately not working. But we are live. We are going there was a little debate between uh, our panelists uh, going on that so delayed us a slight bit, but you'll get to see those guys in just a moment. Uh, tonight, we are going to be uh, looking at uh, TLC from last weekend, looking ahead to Wrestle Kingdom, the news of the week. But first and foremost, we're also going to look at tomorrow night, Go Hard Pro. And we have a special guest tonight, Holden Albright. But before we can get all to that done, we have to start by bringing some people in. And in Toronto, Stephen O'Neill, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I like a good debate. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, Holden is definitely going to be our guest. And uh, not just for uh, the uh, segment of his interview, it seems like he's going to join us as much as he can for the show. And we'll uh, definitely have a lively debate live. Uh, for people to uh, encounter with AEW and your thoughts and his thoughts. So I mean, uh, hey, good debate is never a problem. I know. I love it. As opposed to uh, just boring talking about the same thing and people being on the same page. You know, that makes a show and people want to tune in for that sort of stuff. So uh, we might actually get uh, Chris Maloney in. We'll find out. He does have a lovely hashtag below saying Jim Cornette sucks which is going to make you so happy there, uh, Stephen. But we're bringing in first our guest, Holden Albright. <laughs> How are you this evening? Uh, I'm doing great. We had a nice chat pre-air. Uh, I like that you had a countdown for the start of the show. I was not ready for that. I say professionalism, but that just means you know more skills than I do. That's like my sly way of going, oh, you edited that video way better than I'd be able to. So I call it professionalism. So I love the professionalism of your broadcast. Oh, no, you should see when we first started doing this, when we started doing on Thursday. This has been multiple months of us figuring this stuff, shit out because you should have seen to start with. It was ugly. Uh, fuck yeah, but that means you go from ugly to good. And when you go from ugly to good, you seem great. Trust me. I yeah. surround yourself with like not good people, and you're like, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Hang around prisons. Hang around we prisons. We were a little sloppy when uh, TNT started uh, with Chris Maloney, who is on standby. I'm going to bring him in, actually. But, uh, yeah, things have evolved. Uh, well, I've even started doing overlays. Uh, while we talk, uh, so that's coming up when we talk about Wrestle Kingdom and uh, Slammies and stuff like that. But right here in London, before we get to Holden, is our Jim Cornette sucks Chris Maloney from CWN. How are you, Chris? Uh, welcome to the show, there, uh, Holden and uh, Stephen. Where's your Caesar? I got some wine. I'm, I might go get some. I think I'm going to need it today. Okay, so Stephen, just boy. So. What did bring us uh, to having Holden here is the fact that uh, this year, uh, tomorrow night, actually, Go Hard Pro is debuting their uh, Ontario Indie Wrestling uh, Holiday Show. Uh, so Holden has basically uh, been uh, around for five years wrestling. Uh, wrestling, yes. Uh, I started training seven years ago in February. Awesome. Yeah, I, I know one of my first encounters uh, seeing you 
was at Fanshawe College. I think it was you Fuck and yeah, uh, I loved Wheeler. Fanshawe. You and Wheeler against the the Overdogs. That match never happened. <laughs> okay, I I know you two were there. Maybe Overdogs were in another match. Um, I think I, Wheeler has done like one singles match at Fanshawe, but literally, I love Fanshawe because you could see my evolution and growth. The first time I was there, I was four months into wrestling on shows, and I wrestled Brent Banks, Hacker, and uh, Tarek. And uh, I got a suplex titty chant because I took my straps down because I was throwing suplexes. Uh, I did not have, uh, clearly, the chest for it. I also wanted to say before I go on, uh, Dan, I, I looked around his set. I was like, wow, he can't get any more Canadian. And then you spoke. And I was like, oh, my God, you're Canadian as fuck, and I love it. Oh, with uh, Chris Maloney? Yes, Chris. Sorry, not Dan. Uh, Chris, yes. Uh, I love how Canadian you are. But yeah. Fanshawe did see my growth. Uh, I had a fun gauntlet match there where I took a Canadian destroyer from Alexia and I got a big reaction, and she eliminated me. And then uh, Dylan Andrews walked to the center of the ring, and he's like, it was like a Rock Hogan moment but he didn't realize it was because I put Alexia over. It was because of his shitty villain gimmick, which it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, th I was at that show. And then yeah. uh, Sarnia, you had your uh, feud with Brian White. Yes. Yeah, still ongoing. Apparently uh, kingdom first had that feud and now I have it. Yeah. And one last times I think I saw you was at uh music hall and you were with uh, John Greed uh, starting to form with Chris Logan. The, um, Oh, I Disgraceland. Disgraceland, that's right. That so. was such a fun time. I talked to Agreed for my Instagram Live a few weeks ago, and just a fun fucking chat. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, March 13th, world comes to an end, basically, and all wrestling shuts down. What did you have uh, going on before that? Uh, like, What were you planning? You had a couple of matches lined up? So, March 13th was legitimately my last match. I wrestled Addy Star in Peterborough. And the very next day, NSW was supposed to take place in Hamilton on Sunday. Battle Arts had a Battle Arts Pro show on the Saturday, which technically they were the last uh, Ontario indie wrestling show before the pandemic. And for me, I, uh, I wrestled a shit ton of matches last year. And actually, in April, I was supposed to be in Vancouver for a few shows. But also, over the course of 17 days, I was going to be road tripping in Seattle and California and Oregon and, well, Washington, and uh, hitting up at least 13 or 14 shows. So, like, I had a big uh, little week and a half set up for me, and I'm one of the few people. Yeah, the pandemic fucked me over, but maybe it's because I, I was preparing for, like, the next stage that I was oh, what I was working towards was going forward. So I knew that I, if I stuck with the plan, the pandemic just put a pause on me. I, I wasn't itching for more opportunities. I didn't like figure out, oh, I need to take something more seriously in February. It was like, no, I, the rolling ball's there. And then I, I got to the end of a bridge where I'm like, oh, well, I can't go anywhere right now. I'll wait till it lowers. Yeah, 2019, you spent most of your time in uh, Ontario exclusively honing your craft there and then as you were just pointing out you were ready to spread your wings and go stateside um so yeah you wrestled all over the place uh what was that have you gotten through uh 2020 uh since the shutdown what have you been doing uh i haven't been working out 
Uh, so I'm a bit, uh, I've been a big sweatpants and shorts guy. Uh, but luckily, my uh, my real job Monday to Friday is in the shipping industry. So uh, I never stopped doing work. And luckily, I reached like a top rate there the same time that the pandemic stopped. So it compensated for my uh, my pay. And uh, I've I've been lucky to reset this and I've had the opportunity to do a lot of reading and listening to people struggling and getting better and doing my part to improve our little splice of uh, the culture and the world with Ontario independent wrestling. Yeah, that was uh, bringing me to, I was uh, also thinking 2019 saw uh, things like Midwestern wrestling, Ken Valley wrestling, and a couple others pop up and, 2020 was starting to see, even after the pandemic, we got uh, No Ring North, there's uh, Backyard Pro, and now uh, Go Hard Pro. Uh, what do you see happening once things clear up and things get going again? Is there going to be just the little pockets, or do you see organizations working better together? Uh so I've, I I was texting Vertigo, actually, the past couple of days, and I just randomly told him, I don't think we will be wrestling regularly, like once a weekend, uh, a couple times a month until April 2021. I think we're still like a year and a half away from going to shows, especially not doing multiples in one weekend. And uh, But I, I did an interview with uh, Post Wrestling, and I said how... And legitimately, before I got on with you, I was talking to Vertigo, and I was like, oh, I have all these ideas of how to be better in Ontario, because my goal's never been the WWE, so I guess I took all that energy of making it and just transferred that to how can I make my little my little uh, lake better, and being a big fish in a lake that, oh, we can grow it. And I saw it with like Japan blew up in the early 2010s and then the US Indies and then the UK Indies and coming back around. I'm like, Ontario can kind of have this for the fact that for the size of England, pretty much that is Ontario and you can go as far north as Timmins or even North Bay to Ottawa, to St. Catharines, to Windsor and Sarnia and legitimately this is a place where I wrestled 114 matches last year. Outside of one, they were all in Ontario on purpose because I wanted to use it as my developmental year. But I do believe, like, I saw it all working out and I saw less clicks. And the more thing of people just wanting to wrestle well and have good matches with other people instead of just their friends. And I'm a big proponent. I keep sharing it and a lot of other promotions, which there will be a lot of promotions represented on the show tomorrow, uh, of collaboration over competition. People think competition is good because WCW versus WWF equaled high ratings and all of this. But it's what was really good was for the boys because if they weren't getting paid well one place, they'll just skip and go to the other place next Monday. Like, that's what it was. Like, yeah, Vince and Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff are like, fuck you. Vince has said legitimately felt like he was trying to starve me. And on the other side, you know, guys like Bret Hart where Vince like, I can't afford you. And he goes to the other side. So... I'm a big proponent of if all the promotions start working together, there's no fucking reason that there should be one weekend where there's no shows in Ontario and then one weekend where there's three on a Sunday. As a wrestler, I know all of my friends' schedules. We post them on our Instagram stories. 
How come a promoter can't be like, hey, are you running on this date? Cool. Can I do a one o'clock show? You guys do a five o'clock show? Oh, can you do your show the next weekend? There's no reason. We all have calendars. Just look ahead. Message each other. But everyone wants to be, I'm bigger than everywhere else. And it. I'm thinking of the fans. Like, you guys want to go to as many shows as you can. What if there were more shows in London? What if there were more shows in Toronto? What if when there was a Toronto show, that's when a London show happens? Not, oh, there's a London show. Uh, sorry for the rant. But, like, I do think of the fans first because you guys are our supporters. Yeah, no, I totally get that because there was that time when uh, Smash uh, did one show and right across the other way, Destiny was doing another and uh, fans were torn between each other instead of being able to support both. And it'd be awesome to be able to throw your $20 down and go to a show in London. Then that finishes an hour later in Hamilton for another show or over in Sarnia for Chem uh, Valley. So it'd be great if that works out. Uh, before we do dive into Go Hard Pro, uh, Chris or Steven, do you have anything you'd like to uh, ask Golden? I've, I've got what would who was your favorite opponent in? We can go 2019, 2020, just because of there's not being a lot of matches in 2020. I am so proud of like every match I had at the beginning of this year. It started with, and I told people this and they laughed where it's, I had one weekend off and because it was Christmas before that, it was like 11 days where I didn't have a show. I, I helped at revolution in like the midway point, but I'm not a female. So I didn't wrestle on that show. Uh, but I got to hang out around wrestling and I was like, oh, my next match next Sunday. I've had 11 days since my last match. I've like refreshed and they looked at me and I forget who it was, but they're just like, you know, for anyone else saying I haven't wrestled in 11 days, like that isn't like a, a feat of anything. It's normal. But for you, you're a crazy person. And then I wrestled BMD at New School Wrestling, had such a fun fucking match. Legitimately, there's like 30 people there. And there's something that hits harder about a smaller crowd reacting the way reacting better than the way you anticipated, actually. Like to break down the fourth wall, we did a double down where I think he hit me with a blue thunderbomb. I got up through one lariat and passed out. And James Weber chops just yells out and he yells out, No sell. And then there's a this is awesome chant after that because we've been beating the shit out of each other for 10 minutes. And like those little moments, I still remember the fact that I know it was James Weber that did that. It's like I know his voice. Uh, and it's those little things that, and then it excelled the family day weekend uh, has been for the past two years. I had an Iron Man match. Uh, last year, or yeah, 2018, so two years ago now. And it was literally, the Ironman match was Saturday, but I had a 20-minute match on Friday, and then I had a 25-minute match Sunday, raced over to Hamilton and had it. I was in a rumble for like 32 minutes. Legitimately, I didn't do much in it. I rolled outside at one point, and there was like a service dog, and I broke character because I had my eyes closed and I felt something licking me. And I knew it wasn't a person, so it wasn't as creepy. But uh, it was a dog. And I was like, oh, a dog. Because I like dogs. I, I have three upstairs. They were barking before I started recording this. But uh, it's those little things. And this family day weekend, I wrestled Evan Greenaway in a 20-minute Super Indie match in front of eight people at CWO, raced across Toronto to face Addy Starr in a no-ringed match, where I'm so happy with how that turned out. And then this Friday, I wrestled a longer match, I think, against the Battle Arts Heavyweight Champion, John Lung 
John Gonzalez at the showcase show wrestled Mike Bailey, where he beat the shit out of me at crossbody. I've wrestled Elgin. I've wrestled Josh. I, I said, I'd never felt Japanese strong style until Bailey hit me with a forearm and you don't expect it from him. But, uh, and then Sunday I wrestled Wade Allen and we had a 25 plus minute match. It's on the CWO matches are on YouTube. I'm super proud of it. Like we planned five things in that match, which totaled three minutes and we went 25 and I'm so happy with it for the fact that it was a good match. It was fun. There was more kids there, especially and hearing them chant for this Japanese strong style match. They're watching is fucking awesome. And then I, I ended it with wrestling Addy star in a proper match at Peterborough on courage pro wrestling's uh, YouTube account. And like, I, I can't ask for a better, I think that would have been like 10 weeks. I like, yeah, I had bigger things coming up, but like, I was super happy with every match I had in those first 10 weeks. That's so cool. Uh, Chris, do you have a uh, question for Holden before we do go hard? So on the promoter side of things, who are we going to be watching on TV in two years that we're no longer be uh, be able to watch in Ontario independent wrestling? In two years, watch on TV. Like if I, it's, the thing about Canadian independent wrestlers is the fact that if you look at even Noof in NXT, paying for your visa is a headache. That's why most companies don't bring in uh, Canadians. It's, yeah, you might get booked, but you're going to sneak across that border. And you're not sneaking across. You're just ans not answering questions or not asking, if that makes sense. And legitimately, it's you're taking that risk, but it pays off. You have... Josh Alexander and Ethan Page that are now doing that at Impact. You have Cody Diener, but like with the Dark Order, like they're boys with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks love them. And ROH didn't sign them because of a visa issue, where it's when you get people invested in you, you can get on TV. But I won't say be on TV because it's so weird nowadays, and especially in Canada because of visa issues. But I will say, like, top tier indie guys that you'll see from Ontario in two years is definitely Jody threat might be on TV actually. Uh, but uh, Von Vertigo needs to be known. And I don't know if it's just going to be in like Germany and the UK and like him touring. That's going to get him known, but uh, he'll definitely be at the top of the list. I think Mark Wheeler will be the top like indie guy. Like he'll replace Ethan page and Josh Alexander's as the touring guy. And like, I hope to God Shane Saber and Gabriel Fuerza, they fucking uh, Fuerza because the dual citizenship thing, it's even scarier for him uh, crossing the border. But Shane Saber is such a nice guy and he's such a great wrestler. And I'll say right now, he's wrestling uh, on the show tomorrow in just a straight regular match, the only match on the show. And I believe it's the best match on the show and it's fucking great. Uh, but like, that's a guy that I literally texted him when I booked him and said, Who's someone that you could wrestle to showcase you? And I love that match that everyone gets to watch tomorrow. And I won't announce his uh, his opponent, but he he has a straight wrestling match, and it's a, a straight awesome match. Yeah, so um, might as well as I said, dive into Go Hard Pro, pro Wrestling. Uh, this is your baby, so can you take <laughs> us through uh, the way it got uh, created and how it came about? Well, if I wanted to talk about like the way a baby got created by me, I would first uh, ask for a paternity test before uh, before acknowledging it. Uh, but uh, so legitimately, I had an idea like three years ago, 
and then I pitched it to Crossbody, Ben Ortman's, and Notorious TID, and uh, it it gestated a year and a half later into the showcase shows, which is awesome because I just wanted more platforms for younger guys. And then I uh, I, I ended up going, fuck it, I'm gonna book a show a year from now and uh, book super crazy to face my best friend, Gabriel Fuerza, because it's a dream match for him. And I thought that would have been cool. And then the pandemic starts hitting and I, I organized with IWS in Quebec and C4 in Ottawa about doing like a weekend for super crazy. And then the pandemic hit and I'm like, oh, okay. And like, that's the thing of, I paid deposits, I paid for flights, the pandemic hits. There are so many reasons that the pandemic hitting should result to me just being miserable. And I'm just talking about like the pro wrestling side, not even like the Brendan Caulfield personal side. So uh, for all of those, go listen to my podcast. This is Brendan. There's highs and lows. Episode 27 was a real low one. Uh, but it's the fact of, okay, whatever. Wrestling will come back eventually. And then Vertigo started uh, Backyard Pro. And it was so fun to watch and see like the interaction and doing something different. But I'm not a backyard wrestler. I, I wasn't when I was younger. I imitated WWE guys in my backyard, but I wasn't a backyard wrestler. And I was just like, eh, this is fun, but I want to bump in a wrestling ring. And I was like, oh, I a year ago I tweeted, let's start a toy drive and fill my van. And I saw Pretty Ricky at a show that night. And he's like, yo, that's a good idea. And I was like, oh, I was half asleep and going to work at 1 a.m. I didn't really realize. And I did the same thing in September. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a holiday wrestling show? And then I started an Indiegogo two weeks later. And apparently a lot of people thought that it would be cool. And uh, yeah, and also I, I did it through Indiegogo because every promotion doing GoFundMe felt like weird to me about seeing the word donation. And then like what happened with other people where GoFundMe can be used properly for people where it's Indiegogo is supposed to be used for indie films are supposed to be used for projects. And I saw this. I, I spent nine hours editing and rendering it or rendering took 10 hours but editing it all together yesterday to make sure it's complete. And I was like, yeah, I'm a project manager. I'm kind of a promoter, but like I, I saw it as if I was making a, a independent film and it was just fun that way. And I figured it out. I got my friends involved. Uh, COVID lent a huge wrench into it. I might have the most number of people booked and unbooked and tickets sold and refunded. Cause there was a minute we were going to be allowed to have a crowd like I, I ran the, I, I was talking to Kobe Durst the other day. I was like, I think somehow I ran that one show and I hit every promoter like bucket list thing where I didn't pay everyone the day of because I was waiting for the Indiegogo funds. Uh, I didn't pay everyone because some people donated their money to uh, good causes. So I just paid it that way. And then legitimately, I did pay someone in weed because they didn't want to accept any money. And I was like, well, I'm going to give you weed. And they're like, man, you're so nice. <laughs> and, and also, there's, there's no fans on the show. But because of that moment, we were going to be allowed to have fans that literally I was posting the video as the Peel region said, nah, you're not allowed to have people in the building. You guys screwed up. So you're still in this red zone. And I was like, oh, no, delete. Don't post on Instagram. Delete, delete. And uh, so I somehow, with running a show that's taped with no fans, I sold tickets and had to refund tickets. Where some people sell tickets and they don't refund tickets. Where I'm like, no, I want to refund this as quick as possible so I don't, like, spend the money by accident or, like, a bill goes through, God forbid, and it takes it. Where I'm just like, oh, shit. 
Jeremy Ivany didn't get his refund because of this. It's like, no, I, especially if you contributed, I've been pretty upfront in messaging for uh, different perks and like different things. And that was one person complimented me on that where, and I don't know them personally. They just contributed through it. And they're like, wow, thanks for being so upfront about all this. And I think it comes through on the show tomorrow. It's It feels like a Santa Claus parade kind of thing. There's a bunch of cameos and shout outs and like no one's in character, but they're all in the holiday spirit. And it's just like, it is a true Ontario indie holiday special. It isn't just Go Hard Pro presents the same wrestlers as everyone else and doesn't acknowledge other promotions. We just on the face value we have three promotions partnered together not including myself to do this and like that's great there's yeah and this week there's a bunch of free wrestling in ontario by accident i messaged steve brown and sean gibson i was like yo it's cool that we made this weird ontario indie holiday week and i was like hey next week christmas falls on a saturday maybe we do a sunday to sunday eight nights of fights thing where like every promotion at six o'clock releases an hour-long video see now i say it here and some of the fans will hear it and they'll start messaging people and at least they know like uh, i'm creating a collective for next year and also if we all plan it properly you'll get to see more than just the same guys mixing with a few others and to be honest a lot of the rosters are similar right now because a lot of people are smart with covid and if they've had some sort of symptoms or they live with loved ones they they don't they're not able to take part in the show, which is why I, I have a lot of people that sent in little promos that I got to splice in that you still get to be a part of it because we're all the fans contributing. You're a part of it. The commentators adding to the matches are a part of it. Yeah, I, I announced it in the talent announcements. I announced our cameraman, our photographer, Jordan, that just helped me run that show and just like. Yeah, the talent is everyone. And the reason I can't watch Raw every week is there's no crowd. Yeah, there's videos of stuff, but I'd rather go back to 99 and see a huge pop for Stone Cold if I'm talking personally. Understandable. Yeah. Um, so in a way, what you're describing, it almost seems like a very old school uh, from the mid 80s, like Super Clash, where you had AWA and uh, Memphis and everybody together for that one sh uh, show. I think they made it up to three. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, pretty cool if everybody's able to work together and go that way. But tomorrow's Ontario Indie Holiday Special uh, will be free on YouTube. Hell yeah. Uh, so can you tell fans who's going to be on the show? Uh, you mentioned you might be able to uh, sprinkle a hint of a match or two that's happening. Obviously not the Von Vertigo mm -hmm. uh, one, but anything else you can reveal to us? The Von Vertigo one I actually will announce. It's our opener of the show. It's Von Vertigo versus Jody Threat in a presence under the tree match. AKA, it's a hardcore match, but you're only allowed to use the present that you get. And uh, it's a banger of a match to start out with. Uh, Shane Sabres in a strictly regular match. And we also have a Santa suit match, which is a tuxedo match, but with Santa Claus. And Pretty Ricky's one of the Santa Clauses. So, uh... It's pretty Ricky. I, I also called this week the Pretty Ricky week because uh, he murdered someone on Barry's show last night. He's uh, on my show tomorrow, and he's on NSW on Sunday. So uh, happy Pretty Ricky uh, week, everyone. I mean, holidays. Yeah, excellent. Um, is there anyone you want to give a shout-out to but you haven't already? I, uh, I want to give a shout-out to everyone that realizes change isn't bad. Like, there's a lot of people that... 
even without realizing it, just them being scared of like, oh, Backyard Pro is a weird thing. Uh, no, Go Hard Pro can't happen because promotions won't work together. It's like, no, there's a lot of people that are willing to work together and it's either evolve or die. And the evolve or die aspect, it's you see who doesn't expand. And that's where it's, yeah, you guys can butt heads all you want, but like while your fans are yelling at other Toronto fans because they're not real wrestling fans or whatever bullshit, I'm just over here welcoming everyone and we're all just going to have a fun time. And uh, there will be at least one, uh, screw it, well, the holidays I want to do another show. So there will be at least two shows next year. And if you stick around, that we did it, uh, we I did it Marvel style and did it real shitty, not professional at all, aka it wasn't done well. But there is a uh, there's a post credit scene, but then there's a Marvel style tease at the end, and stick around till the very end. And uh, even when you see it, you won't understand what's coming. But like the, people watch me wrestle, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he likes strictly like Japanese wrestling or like hardcore wrestling." And I'm doing a goddamn holiday show, so. God knows what the next step is when I'm still planning for COVID times. Um, I've got a question. Hell if yeah. say there's fans allowed back in, say, April, May of this year, where will Go Hard Pro be based out of? Uh, like, where, where's your ultimate base, do you think? My, my base was going to be Vaughn because I like the fact that it's not Toronto. So if you're in Toronto, you could just hop up the 400. If you're outside of the GTA, you don't have to go through Toronto. You just plop on the 401 at some point and then go up the 400. If you're in Barrier North Bay, you can go down the 400. I felt like Vaughn was very centrally located. But if I'm talking like no bullshit, I'm a big fan of weekday shows. And I would love if there was weekday shows in London and Hamilton and the GTA every like Wednesday or Thursday. No, bullshit. If I can kind of try to figure out how to do that. Yeah, the big show on the Sunday at like 1 o'clock so it doesn't contradict with any other promotions. And also, you can go to bed early. You can get home before 7 p.m. Like, you can be a normal person if you're a wrestler or a fan also. Uh, if I ever run a show that's on the same night as a pay-per-view, I'm going to have some sort of bar set up or screens of like you can just watch the pay-per-view afterwards. Because clearly if you're at an indie show, you're probably down to watch that WWE pay-per-view and getting home 40 minutes after it starts, it's kind of shitty. Uh, but that would be the ultimate, a weekday shows where it's like maybe just because Toronto's bigger and it'll be a more pro-am thing. So you'll see established guys versus younger guys. And like, Oh, I, thank Jesus. Yeah. Thank Jesus. Please bring this to Toronto for me. Bro. Dear God. Bro, I... I, I'm, I live in Brampton. I, I enjoy it. Everyone shits on the rock pile because it's weirdly positioned for wrestling. But, like, Warhead did a great job promoting younger guys there. CWO has given a great chance with younger guys. And also, when I wrestle there on a Thursday at 7.30, I can wake up from a nap post-work at 6 p.m., hop over there, and still get there before most of the roster. Chris, do you have anything you want to uh, say? Well, he just mentioned Warhead, so I'll get to know you versus Warhead in a hardcore match. Who wins? Bro, I, I, I'd put Warhead over. I When he retired, and I was like, yo, I want to bring you back. I want to wrestle you when you come back. I had this whole plan of having, like, Warhead face paint to kind of bring him out of retirement. And then he came out of retirement a couple times, and our schedules have never matched up. But, like, I want a hardcore – I also want to run a deathmatch tournament event. I want to run a wrestling, like – 
wood uh shit what's it called like palooza woodstock kind of thing on a week i want to do like a festival wrestling weekend where it's like friday to monday on like labor day weekend and like we have three-legged rays we have podcasts going on we have communal breakfasts like and then one of the shows would be a deathmatch tournament funny funny about that we were actually i think it was the three of us were talking about that should happen in ontario there is enough independent that you could do a full weekend with everything included all the little podcasts and yeah signings and and i think the it was the three of us talking about that one day i think we were going to midwestern and it just seems like too many people think that it wouldn't be a good idea because well who's going to go on last who what what promotions no 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 see that's the funny thing about like who will go on last that's such like an outside wrestler perspective because once you're inside especially promoting a show the wrestlers ask can i go on first and i have this new fucking theory that like everyone wants top guy money but they don't want to be the last to leave the building jericho beats stone cold and the rock the same night doesn't know he's actually gonna win because vince has been fucking with him for a year and he celebrates by leaving the locker room last because he went on last he gets to his hotel room nothing's open so he orders a pizza gets delivered to the lobby so he has to leave his hotel room he goes back to his room he doesn't have his key on him drops the fucking pizza eats the pizza off the floor this is the biggest world champion in wrestling because he has the wcw and wwf title belts and he's eating pizza off of a hotel floor like where it's younger wrestlers now are like, hey, can I go on first because of like I want to try to sell merch or whatever? I yeah, everyone wants to have the match of the night, and I, I, at Crossbody, I main evented so many of the last year and a half of shows that I never really knew if I had like the match of the night. I just knew I had a good match because the fans were still reacting, even though they watched a bomb ass wrestling show. That I'm like, okay, at least I still got them invested enough. I think that was good enough, and. There's one kid that his first live show was my Iron Man match with Josh. And every time he tells me, I'm like, that's amazing. If I was seven, I'm not saying through a 60-minute match of, to be honest, Josh being the shit out of me for 59 of those minutes. It's, uh, so got a, a question wondering, um, you did the Indiegogo. And are you? it's closed down now, but are you still accepting uh, donations offerings whatever you want classic because you said you're doing like the word donation but are you still accepting people's money so i've not accepted anyone's money since uh since november since it, i also accepted some off the website through like e-transfers or anything and still communicate with everyone the perks were posters and postcards. If we got over 5,000, I was going to include t-shirts and such. And it was, it was a way of like, I wasn't trying to make money on the show. I, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm willing to spend X amount of money on this show. And luckily it all got covered and I got to add even more stuff to the show. And so I'm not looking for any money, especially for the fact that I, I did this all on the theory of it basically being like a movie. It's, Hey, if you contribute, you get, you get to be in the credits, you get perks, but also you everyone gets to watch it for free Christmas Eve. Like if you spent a little more, you got some footage a little earlier or some more details. But like besides that, everyone's going to enjoy it tomorrow night at 7 p.m. And I can honestly say I think I'm the only one that's watched the complete cut so far. No one's seen the whole show, uh, not even our cameramen technically, because we have stuff shot different locations. And that's like 
if it goes down to even when I wanted to run a real show, my VIP tickets were going to include, hey, yeah, our VIP tickets might be like 50 or 60 bucks. But by Friday that week, you're going to get a hard cam copy of the show because being live events are awesome. But like you don't get to relive it unless you're taking a video or you subscribe to the subscription service where it's I think if you know you're going to get a hard cam copy of the show you'll take less photos and videos and you'll get to enjoy the moments instead of, oh, I want to capture that sweet frog splash John Green did. I want to capture this where it's like, no, don't worry. You'll get to rewatch the show next weekend. It, and like, if you had to go to the washroom because you ate a very bad burrito or it was really good when you ate it, uh, you can go, okay, well, I can't wait to watch this match back. And also if we've ever gone up to go and we miss something, there's no instant replay in real life where it's now you get this hard cam copy that you're like, oh man, that was great. And if you, that's a lot of, fuck, Ontario has so many great matches that weren't recorded properly or distributed. And like, that's, that's a shame. The fact that we know what UWA was, but no one else does. Like, I can be honest and say I've not watched a full UWA match, but I've seen the photos. I've seen people talk about it. And like, 2020 is awesome because of like the reason why ratings are down is because cable subscriptions are down. People can now choose what they want to watch. If they want to watch something current, they can turn on TSN or the score. Sorry, Sportsnet 360. I haven't had cable in like eight years. Uh, and if they want something they like, they can find the Chikaras. They can find the Midwestern. Uh, they could find fucking NWA if they don't like any of the current products. Right, Steven? Oh, yes. No, they all, they, both of them know my my issues. I was actually before this, I have the Fight Network and I was actually watching classic ROH. Oh, uh, so what were you watching? I just got a bunch of uh, ROH DVDs over um, here. Actually. It's a compilation show. Um, the match that I was watching was Cole Cabana and oh, I forget, versus um, what was Prince Nana's group in? It was Jimmy Jacobs and Claudio Castanoli, what were they called? I want to say Kingdom. I want to say Embassy, but I think I'm wrong. Yeah, the Embassy. Oh, okay. uh, I forget. I forget who Colt Cabana's partner was, but I much rather watch old ROH, NWA, because it makes you happy. Why would you want to watch yeah. something that d you don't enjoy, like someone putting their hands in their pockets? It, oh, I. <laughs> I, I will put it this way. I got a refund for the London show when he got dropped in because I I just can't. That Hey, hey, wrestling is ice cream. There's 31 flavors. Just because you like Rocky Road doesn't mean you should shit on strawberry. Uh no, but there's certainly I think it's I want I personally like to go to wrestling shows and forget about anything that's going on in my life. Yeah. Like, I like to get Yeah. And like, you're the perfect fan for the fact that you don't say, Oh, fuck orange Cassidy. You speak with your wallet. The, the card got changed and you're like, well, I don't like that. So I don't want to be in that environment where it's so many wrestling fans go, well, I don't like this, but I'm going to watch raw on Mondays where it's like, yo, I, I don't know how many good shows I've missed doing wrestling the last five years. Where it's like, there's better things to go. Go rewatch Dexter season five. Oh my god, I love Dexter season um, five. Yes, uh, it comes back. Hopefully, it'll right some wrongs. Season one to three is cool, but like five is oh, uh, sorry, four. Season four is uh, the Trinity Killer. 
Oh, so good. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm interested. I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch Backyard Pro, but I know that's not my. Yeah, I was legitimately gonna be like, oh, well, you're not gonna like Backyard Pro, but like, it's it's not for you. So why would you watch and, it? And yeah, I only watch AEW because we review it. Honestly, I did go last year. I was in Chicago. I went and saw Takeover, and I saw AEW live. And it wasn't bad. Like, did you go to Starcade? Sorry, no. Starcast. No, Starcast it was. Uh, it was. They were already on um, TV. It was already AEW. Oh, okay. I want to go to Starcast. I'm huge. You're I the perfect to, audience. Yeah, I listen to Conrad. Do um, you subscribe to ad-free shows? Not. Bro, I was going best to, but thirty dollars. Best thirty dollars I spend every month. Unfortunately, with COVID, yeah. I try to. We have to make certain choices right now, but like we've talked about the three of us uh, off air, and I'll bring it up. We're trying to find. A, I want to do with Chris and Sean a watch along of some independent show. If there's any independent promotions out there, we will watch your show. We will not. We'll try not to shit on it because we try not try not to because you're not making millions of dollars. But we want to do a watch along. I think that there's would a, be there's a difference between critiquing and shitting. If you don't go, yeah. if you say I don't like this and you can't justify an exact reason, it's better just not to say it. Because as soon as someone just says why and it pulls that little thread away, and that's where it's like, oh yeah, that's because. I, I say a lot of fans, unlike you, that you speak with your money, you enjoy what you enjoy, you watch because you have to. There's a lot of fans, and I always compare it to, uh, they they just remember something that their favorite wrestling personality, manager, wrestler, said while they were high on an RF shoot interview that they were mad that they weren't in the Hall of Fame and Vince wasn't calling them unless it was to send them to rehab that he'll pay for. They're shitting on the WWE, and it's like, oh, yeah, wrestling isn't good anymore because it's not the way it used to be. And yeah. the way it used to be in their mind was me making money. I like that, too, a lot of what fans put in uh, and always shitting on WD. It's like, oh, it's the cool thing to do instead of just enjoying and uh, not enjoying. There's stuff for everything. As you said, there's 31 flavors, and you might like segment six but hate segment eight. Thank God for YouTube. Thank God for yeah. YouTube. I haven't oh, watched SmackDown or Raw in – I couldn't even tell you. I read the spoilers. Once I know there's something or if I hear something was good, I'll go watch it. But to sit there for three hours is At the same painful. time, I think that's what's killing WD in the ratings because it's so readily available on YouTube or even Facebook – uh, seconds after it's happened, so you don't have to wait uh, and sit through the three hours. You can just go, okay, 30 seconds. See, I think it's bad because they're comfortable. And being comfortable is the worst thing for growth. And they signed a billion-dollar TV contract. They didn't sign per rating points. They signed for just money and a period of time. I'm pretty sure in 2023, very much like they did two years ago when the contracts were coming up, we're going to give you fans what you want. But by that point, they'll be talking to even smaller arenas where it's AEW has constantly grown. And like, yeah, you can say, I don't like it. And that's cool. Don't watch it. But clearly, if they're coming in number 
tying with the number three brand and like i don't understand ratings and shit but like the wwe they have their network they get to make money off of their competition in the 90s that was trying to starve them so like they have their hands in different pots and unfortunately when when you're not caring about your significant other and that's when you start cheating and you don't care about them that's where why would you expect that significant other to care about you and that's something that i hope like ontario fans realize going forward that pay speak with your money and if you don't like something don't complain about it uh thank you randy i, I just talk a lot i'm not smart i just justify my opinions uh and uh what's it called it's those little things of just speak with your money find the people you like and i'm a big there's a lot of people that will preach positivity but it's all bullshit if their intent their actions don't match their intentions they can say on twitter or facebook i want this to be a better place but behind the scenes, if they're just shitty on everyone and they're just, they only care about themselves, they only care about their title reign or they're winning. I, I have a bad problem. I lose a lot when I probably shouldn't, but I just think like, oh yeah, this makes sense here. And then it's like, yeah, you need to look stronger. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? That's like, that's one of my faults. And that's something that I learned. I learned in wrestling. You constantly have to evolve very much like the graphics. The fact that you put a comment up there terrified me. I was like, <laughs> oh no, I, I think okay, like shut down. But it's those things where it's, I don't understand StreamYard. I heard about it three weeks ago, kind of heard about it a week ago. And that's why I asked, what do you use? Cause I don't want to be caught off guard. And Finally, my webcam worked. I bought it in April and it didn't That's work awesome. tonight. That it's like, oh, this is fun. And I like talking to people. I don't like, I see, that's the thing. We're like 45 minutes into this. We're kind of into Go Hard Pro. We got news and stuff coming up. But like, I always turn podcasts I'm on into This Is Brendan, which is my podcast, because I enjoy conversations. I, I don't like talking about myself. My, my goal, it's, I want to be Mark Mariner, Oprah. I want to have a platform for other people to tell their stories. And like, yeah, if you ask me questions, I lived my life. I'm not just a microphone stand, but it's the, the smaller people. It's the fans. Why, why aren't the fans mentioned more by people unless, Oh, that guy's a good fan because he buys all my shirts every month or going, no, he's not a fan. He's not Mark. He's a supporter. He literally invested in you. There's only so many wrestling t-shirts you can buy and there yeah. aren't so many good designed wrestling shirts. So you're not, you guys aren't buying it for our style for sure. I don't know. We, we have a pretty good one for the scumbags. Uh, I'm going to say that ours is pretty good. Are you talking about the charity tea? Yeah. See, yeah. Here's the thing as a guys, pardon you and uh, vertigo and all them. Uh, if this one goes over well, or uh, my thoughts for the second one. Oh, fuck yeah, that'd be awesome. Because like I love the fact that you guys got someone to draw and design it. And so the reason why all of our graphics and such, because our match graphics during the show and it's on the postcard, they look like holiday cards. They they don't look like match graphics. It's Jimmy Vandalay who's actually refereeing in the match, in the show. Uh, he designed all of it because I did a Battle Rock show where I faced Jody Threat and they animated the poster and it was drawn and like, A, I looked jacked, so I loved it. Uh, but like, it was cool. And as a wrestler, I'm like, oh, if I pop for this, that mean other wrestlers will like it. And if the reason why a lot of wrestlers don't share stuff they're on, it's because the graphics probably suck and they're ashamed of it. <laughs> so that's why they don't want to share it where don't give people excuses. I asked a whole bunch of promotions to send in holiday greetings. 
And so if you don't see a promotion tomorrow, it's not lack of trying. It's lack of, it's COVID, it's restrictions, there's holiday, there's timing. I literally got two videos while I was editing yesterday that luckily I was still editing. I know exactly how you feel. And I was doing that uh, today. And yeah. I think that's a great segue. I'm going to uh, pause us for just a moment. We can get a drink and reset uh, because I have uh, a couple of holiday greetings for uh, our fans. How long is this going to be? Uh, but uh, I think this one's a minute and a half. Okay, I'm going to say so then. You got time. <laughs> that, it, it may or may not work. Sean sometimes will close himself off. <laughs> first uh, round of them i have two more if they work just like that to go and uh yeah <clears throat> i as i said i know how you feel about trying to get your way together and get it done so i was messaging a lot and redoing <laughs> what are you doing it started up again so uh holden how long is the show tomorrow so fans can expect the runtime the runtime is one hour and fifty minutes. There is about oh, six matches. Well, that's perfect. That's not too long, not too short. That's perfect. There's like, like there, there's one part where it accidentally helped out, but there's there's one part a little earlier on where it's a longer segment of like hi, happy holidays, very much like we just saw. And that's actually perfect. Like that is what you should expect on the show tomorrow. And then there's another longer segment where it's about the one hour mark. You can get up, stretch your legs. If we were in a venue, you could go get popcorn, but uh, you can go to the washroom. You can, yeah, you can just like enjoy yourself. Uh, I hope a lot of people will be live tweeting it because that's something that you can do on uh, on YouTube. Uh, what's it called? Barry Wrestling did that last night. I was sleeping because I work on godly hours. But like that interaction is what makes it. And uh yeah, you might hear me throw up during my match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So we're going to dive into uh, news. Uh, you guys feel free to uh, comment anything uh, along the way. It's actually a very short uh, news segment. Uh, the rest of it's a lot of review or match future uh, building up. But unfortunately... Hold, hold we... on a second. I, I got a question for you first. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Is Steven Dunn crapping on Orange Cassidy? I... Well, we haven't talked about AEW yet, so... Okay, so I'm, I'm going to leave my graphic up for the time being then. Yeah, I was going to ask, is that a dig at him? I just... Yeah, oh, yeah. You, the two of us can get at each other pretty good, usually. Does anyone else see this promo and... Oh, because it's going to be the first news piece. Never mind, I get it. I figured this out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, uh, Kevin Green passed away. Uh, most people recognize him as being from the uh, Packers, but he did have a short uh, wrestling career uh, doing uh, some time in WCW. He was with uh, Mongo, probably even better wrestler than Mongo McMichaels. Uh, got turned on by him uh, when Mongo joined the uh, Four Horsemen. And eventually, uh, we also saw uh, him team up with Flair and Piper uh, to take out uh, the Wolfpack at uh, one of the WCW uh, events. So, unfortunately, Kevin Green uh, passed away and j just sending out condolences to his uh, family at this time. Any thoughts um, or memories of Kevin Green in his brief stint in WCW, guys? I'm trying to think of the match. Maybe it was the Piper match where he, he actually could wrestle. I know I was listening to Eric Bischoff. I want to say... Few months ago all the days kind of seemed to blend together but kevin green was actually trying to get part of his nfl contract in the off season for him to actually be a full-time wrestler which i thought he actually probably would have been able to pull it off and make a go of it i heard he was incredibly talented like naturally i i didn't get a chance to watch anything because i'm not a big i'm a wwf guy so uh I do you guys recommend anything he did that I could go back and watch? It was still very limited. Uh, maybe that uh, tag team match for sure. The six man, um, the six man. That was at uh, that was a, in May. At ninety-six uh, Flamberry, I believe. Flamberry, yeah, Flamberry. Yeah. It was uh, Green Piper and Flair. Yeah, and the following month, he uh, was at the Great American Bash and went against Steve McMichaels. Oh, yeah, don't so watch that one. That was a train wreck in itself. So, yeah, definitely go back and uh, watch the six man from Slamboree. But um, looking at some of the events that happened this past weekend, uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle 2020 happened. The Foundation, uh, which was Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus. Uh, defeated uh, Wheeler Yuta and Fred Yeah, I'm probably butchering the name. Yeah, yay, pure, hi. Uh, yay, hi. yay hi, Sean. Yay hi? Okay. I'm not familiar with them, so don't want to butcher it too bad. Uh, that was a pure rules tag team match. The Foundation, Jay Lethal and uh, Jonathan Gresham uh, beat Mark uh, Briscoe and PCO to retain their uh, tag team titles. Ray Horace defeated uh, Dalton Castle. The OGK beat uh, the Righteous in a tag team grudge match. Dan Housen uh, beat Brian uh, Johnson by disqualification. 
Dragon Lee beat uh, Tony uh, Deppen uh, to retain the Ring of Honor uh, World TV title. Shane Taylor beat Jay Briscoe. Jonathan Gresham uh, then also uh, beat Flip Gordon uh, by ref stoppage to, to retain his pure uh, title. And Roosh beat uh, Brody King to retain his ROH World title. Uh, did you guys catch uh, any of that event? Of course. I I, uh, Steven Chicken said yes. I caught it all. Um, Deppin won a fatal four-way in the pre- uh, so the uh, the uh, hour one, as they called it, to uh, fight against uh, um, uh, Dragon Lee. And then the uh, the main event there, the way the show ended, uh, sets up ROAs for a strong showing for 2021. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'll, I, I paid for the event. I absolutely love ROH and I'm actually quite interested to see where they go after at the the end of it where they go in 2021 so I'm excited to see where this goes yeah so that was I believe last Friday uh, at the same time as uh, Smackdown was happening uh, but that led up to uh, TLC which happened on uh, Sunday on the WWE Network they had a kickoff show that had really nothing to uh, go with it until the very end and for some unknown reason an eight-man tag that nobody really asked for uh had chad gable otis daniel bryan on a pre-show and big e uh they took on king corbin cesaro shinsuke nakamura and intercontinental champion Sami Zayn. and big e beat uh sammy uh to end that match of course that sets up for uh, this friday the Christmas show uh, for SmackDown when Big E challenges Sammy for the title in a lumberjack match. But anything with the kickoff show or just a- I did not watch TLC because I have better things to do, like watch paint dry. Okay. Oh, what room did you uh, re-dry? Uh, I, I actually repainted paint. my living room. Uh, just, my, oh. just my living room, you know, then I was going to paint my nails because that's more entertaining than watching WWE at this point. I'd prefer to like watch porn, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, you only can watch that for so long until you get bored of it. Really? You haven't seen me? There's other categories. They go all. Well, well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> Things I'm into. Feet, I'm, guessing. I'm guessing you're a feet guy, aren't you? No, no. <laughs> I'm a something guy, but. <laughs> there you go. So TLC, <laughs> it's gonna get wilder than this porn conversation oh, the TLC oh, results. And that's okay. I'm oh no, no, to- I'm talking about what WWE produced Sunday around 10 30 p.m. Oh, yeah, they took a big giant shit in the middle of the ring, made everyone watch it. it was You're wild. a feces guy. That's what you are. <laughs> Fuck, that was gonna be my number two guy. Oh, number two because of poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the main show started with uh, Drew McIntyre retaining his uh, title in a TLC match over AJ Styles. It got turned into a uh, triple threat when John Morrison uh, cashed in the money in the bank on behalf of The Miz. And AJ got tossed to the outside. Miz t- uh, ate a Claymore and Drew uh, climbed up and claimed the title. Sasha Banks uh, retained against Carmella. No big surprise there. Uh, the Hurt Business ended up taking the tag team titles away from the New Day when Cedric Alexander uh, tagged in and uh, get the uh, pin on Kofi after the was it the lumbar check. Uh, so they're the new tag team champions. Charlotte Flair returned, and that was uh, spoiled earlier in the day. Uh, 
by many sources saying she was going to team with Asuka to replace Lana, and they took the titles from uh, Shayna and Nia Jax. Then a really good hard-hitting uh, match that, unfortunately, we knew the outcome was going to be Roman retaining over uh, Kevin Owens. Jey Uso interfered a lot, and Roman's still the uh, universal champion. And the final match was a Firefly Inferno match where you had to set your opponent on fire to have it end. It was recorded earlier in the day. I have to say I love the way the set was uh, all ablaze that way. I'm, Undertaker and Kane probably wish that they had an Inferno match set up that way instead of it right up against the ring, uh, and they could have worked a lot better. But this way, with no fans, they did some uh, vertical and horizontal uh, flames. It looked uh, visually nice, and unfortunately, the rest went downhill at the end when uh, the Fiend got set on fire. Got an RKO well on fire. Yeah, that was cool, though. That was cool. Ain't no one saying RKOing a man on fire isn't cool. No. That that was cool. That was a good (laughs) visual. I love that one. And then, of course, then you have the split uh, cameras and everything. And Fiend get out of there and got replaced by a dummy, which then Randy Orton set ablaze as we uh, faded to black. So the Fiend is apparently dead. But, of course, Undertaker got crispy uh, a couple times and came back for more. So who knows what incarnation we're going to get of Bray Wyatt when he comes back. Now, full disclosure, full, sorry, full disclosure, there is a mannequin used tomorrow on Go Hard Pro. I'm so sorry. We filmed it a month ago, though. We didn't know that Vince was going to steal our spot. He's not set on fire, though. So at least, like, that. And I just want to say before we get into, like, the what-the-fuck aspect, I think we found where, like, the cross-section of cinematic matches and no fans and a fucking gimmick match from the 90s have all intermingled that the Inferno match should be the only cinematic style pre-recorded in the day, no fans there, empty arena-style match going forward. We finally figured it out. But we have no fans yet, so like, let's worry about that first. <laughs> yeah, but we yeah, did see this past time. summer. We saw Mike Rollins versus The Rock. I mean, uh, that, yeah, that multiple times over the span <laughs> of two weeks, he had a Tugustin's uh, uh, man match. Like he wrestled on other shows, collaboration over competition, right there. He interrupted NSW and wrestled The Rock, and also he kind of put the young guy over. Yeah, I think he also showed up at No Ring North as well. It's crazy man, crazy man. Oh, yeah, to, to, to be serious though, the, the two best moments of that match was number one was uh, had to be Randy Orton sitting in that chair and that trail of fire sitting there and, and Orton with that oh shit moment uh, and you know taken off. But the one that maybe probably mark it the most was when Bray Wyatt was set on fire. Orton enters the ring and all of a sudden Bray Wyatt uh, chases him. I'm like holy shit, <laughs> they went another fucking level at this point. So yeah, it was uh, it was good. Did anyone yeah, see, and if you haven't seen it, watch Alexa's Playground on Raw from Monday, and you're just like... That's a creepy cabbage doll right there, I tell you that. But she plays it so well. That, like, I'm not a big Raw fan, but what they've done with Alexa Bliss and turned her into this evil, twisted... Harley Quinn? Yeah, I absolutely love... And then, like, the playground with the swing set. Oh, that. That's definitely replacing the Moment of Bliss uh, set that she had. 
And um, I think it fits her so much better. I've always liked Alexa Bliss as a heel, way better than a face. And I love this. They've taken it to a whole new fucked up level, and I love it. And it's the fact that's happening in the WWE that you don't expect them to do something cool. That is true, also. Not just you. I mean, in general, WWE is the older family member that they got you a Christmas gift and it sucks for 10 years. And then they get you a Christmas gift and it's like a new car. And you're like, whoa. And like, it's not a good new car, but it's a new car. Yeah. So it changes it up a bit. And yeah. Who knows? And if there are uh, rumors of uh, USA not being happy with the ratings and wanting the a little more adult content, but not on a sexual basis, more violent, I guess, maybe even uh, wanting the blood uh, aspect and whatever, maybe we're going to see some sort of change coming up. But I'm guessing it won't be until after uh, the January 4th episode, because that's going to be a Raw Legends uh, reunion show again. Uh, Vince going back to the uh, well on that one. Uh, already announced uh, to be at it. Hogan, Flair, Mark Henry, Big Show, Sergeant Slaughter, Kurt Angle, Tori Wilson, Jacqueline, Molina, Alicia Fox, Carlito, Beth Phoenix, Tatanka, Booker T, Ivory, Jimmy Hart, Boogeyman, and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, no idea what they're doing at this time. Hopefully, maybe somebody like a Carlito is going to step up like MVP did this year and maybe have a resurgence of the career if Carlito ever cares about uh, doing stuff because he has a reputation for being very lackadaisical. But are you looking forward to uh, January 4th with Legends? No. They'll fuck it up. Well, I just, I don't think they'll fuck it up. They just can't do it well. Like, what what are you going to do with no audience there, really? You're going to have Boogeyman in a backstage vignette where he pops out, which, by the way, huge Boogeyman fan. Marty, whatever his real last name, is old as shit right now, but he's still the Boogeyman gimmick, and it's fucking great. Um, But, like, it's literally to pop a number, and there's a difference of the way that AEW used Sting, and, oh, let's just put Hogan out there. Hey, remember, March 16th had Stone Cold this year. He did a thing with the Street Profits. No one remembers it because it was at the Performance Center, and it just felt awkward. Hey, that one dude that's at the bar, and he's the life of the party, and he's super excited. But then when he goes home and he does the same shit because he's an alcoholic, I'm not calling Stone Cold alcoholic. I legit have a Stone Cold tattoo on my calf. If anyone sees it, that's what it is that legitimately you need that atmosphere. You need the environment. And that's one of the things that uh, it's going to be real funny that 11 years to TNA trying to run on Mondays, they're now doing a legends night where I'm pretty sure probably half of those people were involved in TNA that night. (laughs) Probably the whole roster actually. Yeah. I'm actually surprised. I talked to a friend about it and uh, I was saying that surprisingly they didn't since it's 20 years this year that WCW went down that they didn't do a special WCW reunion uh, show instead of calling it a Raw Legends thing. I don't I think, think they can get those people on the USA Network on Monday because half of them are on the TNT on Wednesday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm also thinking that it, they would save that for hopefully there'll be fans at some point. And, of course, the other thing we uh, mentioned when we were talking about it is, unfortunately, with this list of uh, characters showing up, COVID might just wipe out all the legends in one foul swoop. 
I mean, WWE has been real lucky with the COVID stuff. Like, the younger guys in NXT is the one that fucked up the most. So, like, it's they. I, I had that thought, but also, yo, they had way more older people at Undertaker's retirement, and none of them are dead as far as we know. Not even the dead man. Yeah, and uh, that was kind of a waste of their uh, time just coming out. So hopefully they got a lot of footage out of them uh, with interviews prior to uh, that and after it because just hauling them out to clap and make Kane look awkward by the only one in costume. It's so sad. It's so sad. That man's a mayor, and he put on spandex and a mask while Henry O'Godwin had a suit. I think yeah. he had to because of him being a mayor. I feel like... I read that that he had, so there wasn't some sort of political. I don't. I, he I raised really, campaign funds by doing an Undertaker and Kane evening with. Yeah. Oh, I mean, welcome to America. Why not? At this point, I think that's just people trying to justify the fact that Glenn Jacobs is committed to Kane, and he's like, "I'm gonna honor the Undertaker." And they did get a bunch of good footage that you're already seeing in some of the untolds that they're posting. That. Luckily, they did get some a lot of uh, good footage. Uh, the network's a fun price. Like you might not like the product every week or even follow it, but like the network, those documentaries are great. The network is awesome, and I'm able to get my wife to watch. She won't go to a indie show. She won't watch uh, in ring action, but she'll actually sit down and watch the documentaries because she's yeah. interested in the content. It's the people. It's very much like you support people you like and. The the whole, oh, superstars versus marks, you're a wrestler, don't, like, soup down to their levels. Or it's like, no, I, I have a history of magic and, like, cons and street scams and stuff. I know what the definition of a mark is. It's someone you're taking advantage of. I also know the definition of someone supporting you and how you should coddle that instead of go, I'm better than you because I'm on this side of the barricade. Homie, no, I love seeing people post what shows they're going to every month because then I know, oh shit, if I wasn't wrestling, I'd just be at all these wrestling shows. So I got a question before we continue with the news and you don't have to call them out by name, but is there one person that you would say is the biggest dickweed in Ontario wrestling that that makes fun of their fans after you know after they do merch selling and stuff you don't have to name them but is there one that pops your head to be like it's it's more of a character trait no one it's it's mostly former trainers or older wrestlers I've heard where luckily in my time of wrestling the older guys that were wrestling for 12, 13 years before me have kind of slowly died out and you don't hear too much of them, but like they, they have retired to lives with their children and like happy family lives. So like, I, I don't care, but cause I think if you're in wrestling and you're bitter, you should just get out. There's 24 hours in a day. Don't waste it on something you're upset about. And luckily no one at their face value is an asshole to their fans unless you're Gabriel Fuerza at the merch table, but he's more like a carnival barker. Like that's just his act there. I threatened to burn children's houses down or their parents, they have two houses because their parents are separated because they don't love them. Cause I wouldn't love what created you also. Uh, but like, that's just my way of giving them their own little experiences where Gabriel Fuerza will be like, yeah, buy my shirt or don't talk to me, but it fits his character. He's mean. Yeah, he's mean, he's grumpy, but he, he loves a lot too. And you see it in the ring of his passion. No one's a dickweed that way, but there's a few older guys that like are a big fan of, oh, you haven't done this for X amount of years, so you're not worthy of anything. Where it's, 
you, oh, you paid for training and your trainer said you're okay and you're not an asshole and you set up rings? Cool. Let's go out there and have a good match. Uh, it's more character traits. It's not specific people that are assholes. It's how they conduct their business. And then you go, no, if you conducted your business a little more business-like, like a professional, you would be further along and you want to be bitter about being on Ontario. Hey, I'm not trapped in Ontario, but I'm trying to make it the best I can be. Whereas other people are like, well, I wrestle in Ontario, but I'm trying to go here. I'm not trying to go anywhere. I'm trying to go to sleep. That's what I'm trying to do. I, I get a question for you. Uh, how long have you been uh, wrestling again? Uh, I started wrestling on real shows November 2015, and I I started training February 2014. So basically, basically wasted all my 20s, yeah. So five to six years. Are you still taking down rings at the end of the show? Uh, so my my kind of rule is if there's enough people there to take down the ring, yeah, or set it up especially. And but like if there isn't a lot of people there, I'll set up and tear down. Like it's all about numbers and stuff. And luckily no one's an asshole anymore. But it definitely for any younger guys that listen to this or any fans, that's what gets you opportunities by showing your hard work. It's not at the gym, it's not at training. It's when you're at a show, are you willing to sell merch? Are you willing to ring the bell? Are you willing to set up chairs? Are you willing to rip tickets? Because if you're not willing to do everything, you're not going to appreciate anything. I think legitimately while I leave a building, I thank the janitor. I thank the random old woman that runs the Legion Hall. I say thank you for having us, especially because I probably did something real stupid in my match that almost damaged the venue. And like I how the Holden Albright character is, and it's pro wrestler, amateur criminal, because I haven't been caught. Uh, it's way different from Brendan Caulfield. Brendan Caulfield is very just grateful, thankful for being here, and just like, guys, this is awesome. We get to do this. Whereas other people are like, yeah, we do this, but we're not here. Where it's like, yeah, you're not there yet. But if you work hard here, when you go to the next level, you'll continue that work ethic. Yeah, very good point. And plus, I like lifting up heavy things. There's a lot of weaker guys around where it's like, I can't tie the ropes properly, like on the aprons or the canvases. Fucking hate that. I hate the goddamn knots. But carrying the beams and shit? Yeah, let, let me carry those poles all goddamn day. <laughs> uh, looking at more uh, news, though, uh, Trish Giles could be heading to the PC to help uh, training there. Undertaker also uh, could be joined there. So there's a lot of uh, experience uh possibly being doled out if they uh, start uh, working there. There's also rumor that Mexico is going to get NXT or Lucha Libre type uh, show with Chavo uh, Guerrero coming back to uh, the fold and helping run that like he did uh, contribute to Lucha Libre, uh, Lucha Underground. And that goes along with and Triple Glow. H, which he is also uh, global Glow. expansion. Oh, yeah, yeah, he helped with Glow, so did Carlito uh, with those shows. My wife hates that that got canceled. She actually enjoyed that, too. Um, NXT is also going to do India, but they're going to film at the uh, CWC as well. So do you see this happening? And where else do you think uh, NXT could expand to? I, I mean, right now, you can't really blame them for doing that the CWC because it's not like you can pack up the team and fly to India right now and come back real easy. And, and even the Lucha yeah, you Libre. might get stuck on a tarmac. You, you might not make it back. <laughs> exactly. There might be some uh, flight delays. I think the Lucha Libre show is 
good. I mean, it, it, it's kind of fitting with what's going on right now. They need that. Also, I think, to me, the next NXT should be NXT Canada. I think there's just too much talent that I've Fuck seen. NXT Canada. What? Fuck NXT Canada. So if you got offered that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it? I don't want to hate wrestling. And all of my favorite wrestlers have quit the WWE or in one way or another. Legitimately walked out or like killed their family. <laughs> well, like, so here's how i see it it's super cool i'm super down for uh this is the first i'm hearing about the mexico lucha stuff like that's awesome especially if you bring chavo in give me super lucha uh super astros again that'd be sweet to see because they have the roster and the talent for it but like the nxt india i'm like okay well that's clearly a marketing strategy but like you're bringing in talent and i legitimately thought about this uh, I was looking at a Rob Gronkowski action figure that I gave to Pretty Ricky, and I legit looked at it and I went, WWE is legitimately WCW, where they have their monster factory now. They buy guys, I'm sorry, they pay guys that have like real sports degrees and stuff, and like they're real talented athletes. They send them to the Performance Center, and we'll show you how to be a wrestler, but you can show them how to wrestle, but they're not going to have the harder to drive, and like maybe some of them will love wrestling but they're not going to have the same passion Kevin Owens has for it. And that's what the connection gets lost on the fans of like, oh yeah, this guy's here for a paycheck. And NXT Canada, hey, they had a tryout two years ago. No one got signed. Like there's a reason for that. And to be honest, you can go, it's too close to the States already. So anyone you want in Canada, you can just figure out how to get them a visa and get them to Florida. But then I look at it and go, yeah, Japan did it right. Uh, I think they tried to buy Stardom and maybe Noah or uh, Dragon Gate, one of the two. They tried to just outright buy them or work with them like they did in the UK. And uh, Bushi Road, who owns New Japan, said, no, nah, fuck that, and bought it to circumvent the WWE from invading Japan. Because, like, yeah, if you bring an outsider, I talked to Sean Gibson, who's a promoter at Barry Wrestling. I did a podcast interview with him, and he mentioned Know Your Community. You can't just walk in and go, oh, I'm going to run a show because I know I think this is how it works. Where it's like, no, if if you run in a community and if you run downtown Toronto like Super Kicked, that vibe fits that community. You can't do Super Kicked in Barrie. But at the same time, you can't do what you do in Barrie in downtown Toronto. It's all about knowing your audience. And that's where the disconnect goes. And WWE is very cookie cutter formula. And if your only goal is NXT or whatever, hey, Read the Young Bucks book. You can make money in wrestling without a contract. There's a new uh, book called Super Kick Party, I think it's called, or uh, something like that, that's literally about the rise of the indies. There's a way to make money in it, and I think it's super small-minded to go, oh, we need the NXT. Why do we need that? We have IWTV. You can build it. What I'm trying to do with Go Hard Pro going forward, like, there's a way of getting more eyes here. And every time one of my friends tweets, we need more eyes in Canada, it irks me because they don't realize, no, we need more collaboration here because if we work together here, we can grow from there. And a lot of my friends go, oh, there's so much talent in Canada. And they just mean the GTA. I know people in Vancouver. I know people in the Maritimes. Canada's more than just Ontario. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't look past that. And 
that's where you get once again it's tunnel vision and legitimately i just got a text from vertigo while we were recording saying uh because i was explaining this to him and he goes i do think he was selfish he said he was selfishly looking for himself of going to other places like the uk to build up stuff where it's like no where did the uk start in 2014 i i'm sorry i don't watch raw every week but i watch the indies i watch what's going on i listen to podcasts i uh, thank god for twitter you could just know what everything is going on in wrestling within the span of a, a minute on there and that's where you go oh yeah the uk is popping off right now but where were they six years ago oh japan's popping off uh four years ago where were they in 2006 because i swear to god i can't be the only person that watches japanese footage and if it's between 1980 and 2007 i do not know the difference because i swear to god the cameras are the same yeah pretty much i mean but yeah i'm anti-wwe a little bit <laughs> i mean i watch it sometimes but it's not something i'd watch but i know so would you say that they're in 2021 more chances of certain places work to get working together in ontario or less likely of organizations working together to put on i think 2021's a wash i hope by the end of 2022 it's uh i will make sure that uh, a lot of promotions are more working together because when i say stuff like why are so many shows on everyone else will say why are there so many shows on one day but they don't say Hey, if you're going to have those shows, how come next weekend has no shows? How come you don't do your show at one o'clock? You do your show at six o'clock. I, it's easy to point out problems. It's harder to come up with solutions. And I don't want to bitch and moan if I don't either have a solution ready or, and once again, a solution isn't going to work perfectly. There are holes. And if one person wants to be like, no, this is my only province and my thing. It's like, okay, cool. But wouldn't you uh, wouldn't you want to uh, watch a show that has that features more than 10 of the same guys like wouldn't you want to see that variety like I pitched earlier next year we should do a eight nights of Christmas fight thing and every promotion just does an hour and if we all communicate to each other about who we're gonna use on the show and how we're gonna use them you could get eight nights of eight different cards possibly and maybe you have some of the same guys wrestling but they're not wrestling the same people. Because I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just want the best. I don't know. Because mm. I, I know here in Ontario, there's at least one organization that we won't try to monopolize it. Yeah. Who, you know, if you work for, you have to sign with us and you can't work anywhere else. Well, especially for that one company that you can't work for them. Because I mean, as wrestling fans, we, especially Smash, I know that's where we, at least myself, Destiny cough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's let's not go in there because we've had we've had me go off on Destiny on this show because they deleted all of our videos like this podcast because they weren't Destiny related. We weren't blowing Destiny to get to stay on their site. Um, but I but believe I think every promotion that started before like 2017 falls under what you're saying. Like the fact of Tarek doesn't have a fucking contract is a crime. But the reason he doesn't wrestle for so many promotions is because he could wrestle 60 matches and it's only at Smash. And there's not anything wrong with that, but that limits your growth. That focuses your talent on one thing. And to be honest, what you were saying before, I thought you were actually talking about Smash. 
Wow. Okay. These are things as fans. I probably should have said. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's live. We can't edit this. Sorry. Oh no no no! Um, like, I, I know it's live. I see the little red thing over there. It's really well done and professional. I see the scrolling bar on the lower, not even lower third. That's like lower tenth. Uh, but like that's where literally I think every promotion before 2017 has the old mentality of fuck you, fuck you. Where it's all these other promotions like Border Town and St. Catharines, uh, Chem Valley and Sarnia, they're all so separated from each other. And then you look at Hamilton that has like three to seven promotions and most of the roster is the same, but you don't hear as much shit besides like, oh, it's too many promotions in that one town. But then you look at these so-called bigger promotions and it's like, oh yeah, they're bigger promotions and maybe the quality's better, but like sometimes you're missing the heart and you could be doing something for so long and you just lose the heart and that's what relates. And I will honestly say like with you, like you're in Toronto, you have a bunch of choices for wrestling. Like Warhead was brought up earlier. I love Death Proof. I used to do the music for them. I had my first matches at Death Proof, but like with Smash, like you get to make that choice. Whereas you guys in London, Smash was like the first actual wrestling that came to you and it was good. Like I remember, I think I was on possibly the first or the second real show in London for, yeah. Cause I think it was before Fanshawe's first show. It's the ranch I think had the first real show. Yeah. And like, that was, yeah. that was legitimately my third match I ever had. I got my green light like two weeks before that I wrestled at super kick. Cause that's where I trained. And then I wrestled MCW on Saturday and I did a Johnny Gargano seminar and then wrestled, uh, Eric Donnelly in the pre-show of that smash show. And it was my third match ever. And it's literally like, I've seen the growth and stuff of, yeah. But then also once you're on the inside, you get one. It's like what I said earlier. It's like when you're on the inside, what you think is the real problem. It's like, Oh no, there's a reason that the roof is leaking. And it's not just because there's a hole in the, in the roof. You look up there, your whole attic is just an aquarium at this point. And you're like, Oh, there's a bigger hole somewhere else. Or I probably should have turned off that hose two days ago. Hey, hey Stephen, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. So people can say the exact same thing about Smash. They can say it, it, about Destiny Wrestling. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way, Coke and Pepsi. Uh, hold, yeah. You mentioned something, though. Um, with regards to advice, who are some of the people who have given you the greatest advice as far as pro wrestling goes? Uh, personally, the best advice I've gone is from Josh Alexander for the fact that I've spent so much time with him that I've been lucky enough to hear he's been invested in me also. So he tells me a little more where you get to see the perspective. And I had the benefit. I drove to all the smash shows when that year and a half I was training, I was at shows every weekend. I was driving the Brent Banks, the Terrence, the John Greeds, the Steve Browns. And once again, I'm bringing up conversations I had recently, but I feel like the past month has been a good like sitcom moment of everything coming back around full circle. And it's literally, I was talking to Fuerza and I mentioned, because by the way, I talked to a lot of these people in the past week because I was getting the posters and postcards signed. They are coming to the backers uh, soon. There will be messages. My first concern was making sure I made the deadline of December 21st, 7 p.m. and getting the signatures. But it was literally, I would hear from these people that were so much more experienced than I was which always led to me being humble because I'm like, oh yeah, I am, I'm not great. I don't think I'm the shit because I'm riding with Tarek. I'm riding with Brent Banks, who is the most single athletic person I've ever met in my life. He's jacked for no goddamn reason. He'll just sneeze and gain an extra six pack. Uh, 
But like I got to have the benefit of being the younger brother or like the person with the least experience. So I get to ask all the questions and I get all their perspectives. And that's how I got their experiences where some of my friends, the reason why I'm the one that's leading this charge and some of my friends have been wrestling four years longer than me or more, it's because I had the benefit of getting all this advice and not just looking at the here and now. And I go, oh, well, what did they do? Where did they come from? Okay, this. Like PWA used to run two shows every week in 2005. People were wrestling 100 matches in one year just at PWA. Like, that's awesome. That's why, like, I I kind of just say the idea for the showcase shows, which have profiled a lot of younger talent that I'm super happy about. And it's literally the, I never got the opportunity to be friends with people that were at my skill level or below me. So I never had this like ego of, oh, I'm good. I'm like, oh no, I'm not good because this guy in my passenger seat is way better than me. And this tag team behind me is the fucking best. So it's that just being tenacious. And unfortunately people do believe competition is for the best, but for the wrong reasons. I, I got to say this. So when I was listening to you earlier mentioned with regards to the, the wrestling show and then basically watching a pay-per-view at a bar uh, later on that night, that same night, so to speak, I immediately think because it's 2020 smash wrestling and winks here in London, Ontario. Right. But the, the heart and soul of me is PWA Brantford, Ontario, Scott chase retiring. And then basically going to that bar, wherever it was in Brantford, Ontario and watching the pay-per-view, I think it was maybe Royal Rumble or whatever the case may be. And it brought back those memories. And you just mentioned PWA. You mentioned like guys like Reggie Marley, Ruffy Silverstein, Sean Eddie Spears. Osborne. I want to wrestle Eddie Osborne. Osborne. That I was I was going to Vancouver and I didn't know who I was wrestling, but oh my god, I want to wrestle Eddie Osborne. Like in 2020 and 2008, like oh, oh Eddie's my list. I used to actually I lived in Kitchen Waterloo. I actually did help set up the ring for PWA, and I actually ran their sound system for all their shows, which was kind of fun to see the background and was it a little stressful sometimes you think you're gonna play the wrong thing or play oh. someone's music too quickly trust me i've done music i know these problems i can relate to this well and the problem is is so back then te- uh, they had cds so you'd play CDs oh my god and you'd stop it and i had to have i had my baseball hat to actually be like to like stall for a second so i could Get it switched over. Then you have to get to the right track. Yep. And then as the match is going on, I have to like, I had, I got my system done. because so you actually had to figure out which match. So you knew which CD to put back in, who was going over. So you, oh, your heart like starts beating. Cause you're like, am I going to yep. play the wrong music? And then as a fan, I get attacked, like watching it, like Reggie Marley. And, and then. See, I brought back good memories for you, Chris, and I brought back traumatic uh, moments for <laughs> Steven. But you bring up PWA Bramford for that. I, I used to go to Blood, Sweat, and Ears in Brampton and Racks, and like that's what they did where the venue was in the club, and then you just go over there while they tore down the ring. And I'm still a little bitter for the fact that they asked my friend, who wasn't a huge wrestling friend uh, fan, to help with the ring, and they didn't ask me. Still a little bitter over that. So uh, two short stories here. Uh, I've had the honor of uh, doing a podcast way back in 2005, 2006 with Dave Blizzard and Tom Harbin, who were the guys. Dave, Dave were- Blizzard is great. I handed out flyers for racks for that. I, I have him on Facebook and like every year, I, that's a name that literally flashed in my mind. Like 
Dave's the best. As far as PWA goes, uh, two stories. Number one, I got in shit for carrying the PWA Tag Team Championship up the uh, the steps by PD Flex, if you know that name. Yeah, Darcy, right? No, no, no. Is, is it Darcy? It's Darcy, yes. Okay, uh, yeah, I know. He lives on a bar now. <laughs> and, and the other story about PWA is um, breaking down a ring, the final uh, PWA event I ever attended, uh, breaking down a ring with Josh Alexander. So it was uh, pretty cool moments and memories yeah. there, so. See, that's the cool thing where it's like you can support Josh because you literally saw and worked with him. And then you see the success of people. And there's people that you could be like, oh, they're an asshole. Why do they have the success? Where it's like, no, that's everyone saw Josh's journey. He broke his neck two goddamn times. And like, that's a guy that you could look up to and go, yeah. So speaking of Josh Alexander and Ethan Page, any inside information where they might end up? With contracts, no, I got no idea, and I definitely don't want to ask them. I, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, I will fan. say they're both on the show tomorrow. I will say that much. As a fan, take friendship away. Where would you like to see them end up? Uh, I joked to Ethan Page in August before I knew the contract stuff that, uh, oh, that oh my god, that's sweet. Was that a Timmons show or Rax? That Sorry, was Chris at, is showing a BSC DVD for any it was Mississauga. Uh, the main event was Christian Cage taking on Abyss. Oh, I, I I saw the poster for that. That was before I started going to the shows. But uh, uh, but I joked to Ethan Page in August at the A1 show about uh, them taking away Twitch and Cameo from the wrestlers. I was like, well, because he could have gone to a WWE tryout like five years ago before signing with TNA. He's talked about that. And literally, I'm like, it's a good thing you didn't go to WWE since everything you do is what they're trying to ban right now. And he's like, yeah. And then I also told him that. He did. He I asked him, did he think that he would have the body type of 2003 Hollywood rock? So I think last week we were, I was mentioning my dream match right now would be the North versus FTR. Very obvious. Yeah, that'd be a great fucking give me 30, 60 minutes of that. Oh, all fucking three hours of just watching like that would be. You're going to use that match to time how long your paint takes to dry. Because now you're going to be entertained. (laughs) Oh, that would be one of those matches that I would get sucked right into. And just take my money now for that. Like, (laughs) when it's fans and just how much money do I need to be to be front row for that? Yeah. Hey, Holden, a question for you without without breaking news. But um, uh, Scumbags of Wrestling, uh, you're close with Ethan Page, obviously, uh, Julian. Without saying what's going on, do you know where he's going? No idea. I uh, we're friendly. I won't say uh, we're close with each other. Like I know where he lives, but I'm actually I'm not asking about contracts or anything like that. I'm like I enjoy our friendship, and if you know the story of CM Punk and Hornswoggle of how they fell out of friendship, I'm like I'm trying not to lose too many friends, and any friends I do lose, it's because they don't like that I'm not a shitty person. Where I'm like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Is there anyone in the business right now that you hope this year, 2021? Because well, I thought you were have- going to be like the next two weeks. I was like, I don't know. It's eight days, not even two weeks. 2021, is there any matches with anyone out there right now that you would like to, when there's fans, is there anyone that you're like, this is who I want to wrestle this year. 
for me, I, I I wanted to wrestle Eddie Kingston. That's the match that I fucking wanted. I if if everything went to plan with my show on November twenty second, the main event would have been Gabriel Fuerza versus Super Crazy. But on that card would have been Eddie Kingston versus Holden Albright, and I just think that match would be fucking a banger. And the fact that I could learn so much from that match, like that's my. I, I don't know. Also, with AEW now, him still doing indie dates. I'm like, hmm. That's my like realistic goal. Uh, my like dream goal would be uh, I want to be for Samoa Joe what he was for Kenta Kobashi in 2005. I want to have that match at some point. Hey, you're an ROH guy. You got that reference. Oh yeah, I I would love that. That would be that match is so good. I watch it like four times a year. Hey Sean, just out of curiosity, how much have we gone off track? Oh, oh, we're it's all good. Um, we're just uh, going to run down uh, Slammy Awards. Uh, look at New Japan uh, Wrestle Kingdom 15, Impact Wrestling's uh, Super X Cup, and of course, coming up at 10 o'clock, 20 minutes away, is uh, or whenever the basketball game ends, is AEW, and this was where the rant was going to be. So. If we gotta so, take just another break, we normally do this an hour. Water. My and, son, my apologize for going over. Uh, on the oh no, that's all good. It's all good. No complaints at all. I'm going to uh, throw in another uh, thing of uh, greetings from uh, people, and we can dive into what uh, is expected on AEW, which then Stephen and uh, Holden can have fun with. <laughs> so we'll be right back. Do you edit these parts out? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, he will. Hey, guys. Ryan Knight from the Knight of the Squared Circle. Just wanted to wish the entire scumbags... We got no video. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll see you guys in 2021. Hey, John. Yeah. You got nothing here. I see that. Yeah, I see Scott now, but I didn't get a chance to see Ryan. I heard him. Hey guys, Ryan there from the night of the square. There we go. Hi, Ryan. Their scumbags wrestling family. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll see you guys in 2021. Smith. I wanted to take a second to reach out, wish you all a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, 
hug that family a little tighter here this year. 2020 has been an absolutely crazy time. I know we all know that. And I'd just like to keep hearing the messages to support local. There has never been a, a more important time coming up once we ever get back to normal to continue to support Ontario Indie Wrestling. Thank you all so much for that support over the years. It means more to all of us than we could possibly know. And coming up, 2021, big year for all of us. So there have been so many opportunities for workers, for wrestlers, or for even referees throughout the industry here this past little bit. Ontario is a hotbed. It has been for quite some time. The secret is out. Thank you for your support. Let's continue embracing it in 2021. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. Cheers, guys. Okay, and so that was another set of greetings from everybody uh, from around Ontario. Scott's uh, message was a little low. I'm going to have to fix that. But all these messages will appear on our Facebook page uh, on Christmas Day and uh, be able to have uh, greetings from all our favorites and friends from Ontario. I don't know uh, what's worse out of that. What's that? Scott, Scott Hunter's taste in baseball. And then we got Jay Smith's face on, on freaking camera there. Like, dude. Hey, Jay Smith did say 2021 is going to be a great year for everyone. So if it's not, like I'm predicting how 2022 might be better, uh, we can all blame Jay Smith. And he said, hug your family a little tighter. He has like 12 children. Like you can't really hug all of them at the same time. <laughs> no, all, all, all due respect. I, I love Jay Smith and and uh, Scott Hunter is, uh, uh, what's that word? Um, uh, uh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, uh, yes. He's got that salt and pepper, like George Clooney thing going on. Yeah, I felt that too. <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> definitely going to be uh, making sure that they're heard uh, better. Uh, Scott was also doing the same thing that uh, Jay was saying about supporting uh, everybody locally and uh, support with uh, T-shirts, just even messages out to uh, talent and fans just to thank them for everything. Um, it is 9.43 our time right now, and as we mentioned Later on in a little bit, uh, AEW is supposed to be on after the basketball and running down the card quickly so that uh, Stephen can uh, have his mind blown is uh, Pac taking on the Butcher. Evil Uno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the goddamn host. What happened? He does this all the time. He'll go to close the screen and he closes <laughs> Streamyard. Oh, hello. Yeah, see, this is what happens. Um, you're still, you could, everyone can still hear us, just so you know. He's done this to me when uh, we've been talking about something, and then all of a sudden I have to go off on a tangent, which is pretty easy for me. Um, Chris, are you still there or no? I don't know who's there. No? Okay, it's just me and you. Okay, so we'll just, because I don't know where Sean was going with this, which is kind of fun usually. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that was, uh, thank you. I, are you also going to be professional and edit that out? Because I think that was hilarious. I know. I'm going to have to edit that out somehow. But No, uh, no, no. Leave that in. That's, that's great. My computer shut down on me halfway through my talking. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, I lost my shit. I lost my shit. Sean, I taught you well. <laughs> I love live. 
Anyways, <laughs> AEW uh, Dynamite Holiday <laughs> Bash. We said Pac against uh, the Butcher, <laughs> Evil Uno against uh, Dustin Rhodes. A big announcement with Kip Sabian and uh, Penelope Ford's wedding announcement with Miro and probably some video games going on that way. Hikaru Shida is going to be on. There's going to be a six-man uh, tag involving two guys from Dark Order and Colt Cabana taking on the Jurassic Express. Sting is going to be on with Tony Schiavone. Uh, tag team match with uh, Chris Jericho and MJF against the uh, Top Flight. And the Acclaim is taking on the Young Bucks for the tag team titles in the main event. How about it? Okay, so first off, they have fucking Marco child growth stunt wrestling. I think the better pun would be Marco stunted growth. Uh, that's what Jim Cornette calls him, Mar Marco stunted growth, because he, I love Jungle Boy, I th and we've talked about this. I think Jungle Boy is two or three years from being the face of the business, I think, with MJF. But having Marco stunted growth around them make it look like a fucking shit show. <sighs> he he has no business being in the ring. Zero. Nada. Why do you chance. say that, though? Why do you say that, though? He makes it look fake. But why? Well, too many guys will take his DDT or his the Huracurana or... Steven, Steven, how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, so uh, Spike Dudley. What about like the minis in Mexico? Like they're legitimately midgets. Why? If if midgets are fighting midgets, cool. But they don't only fight midgets. If you actually watch minis in Mexico, they wrestle full grown men. And you have guys like Messias from uh, Lucha Underground, who's legitimately a monster. He was Judas Messiah in uh, TNA. He's taking Hurricane Rana bumps. From a dude that's literally three foot seven, and I would think that's dumb too. Hey, Steven. So, so yes. Spike Dudley back in the day, or Jonathan Gresham now? Both pretty much the same size. Yeah, but, but yeah, Jonathan Gresham looks like Hunt. Jonathan Gresham looks like an athlete. He's jacked. Spike Dudley. He, you always had Spike Dudley in hardcore matches, so. But and he usually is in multi-man matches. Yeah, and he gets a shit kick out of him most of the time. When he's in singles, mm -hmm. yeah, he's definitely uh, cannon fodder. And he's just a pest when he's in the uh, multi-mans. Yeah. He's, like, he's not getting booked like Lesnar. <laughs> well, not yet, at least. It's AEW. Nothing will surprise me at this point. So, Steve, um, do you ever watch ECW? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I, Bam Bam Bigelow in the ring, Chuck and Spike Dudley, friggin' six rows deep. You ever see that? It, but the thing is, oh yeah, but the thing is, is they don't do that with Marco Stun because we're not they allowed to throw people into the fans. If you ask Hacker Scotty O'Shea, he had to do a lawsuit just because of a barricade fell on someone. That's why we don't no. do it in the year two thousands. <laughs> but look at look at uh, or uh, Daily's place where they have all the fans, which are wrestlers. You could do something like that, and it would be okay. But they don't. They make Marco Stunt look like he could be a legit wrestler. And he's but he not. is a legit wrestler. He okay. went to he training. Looks he's he's your thoughts on uh, Lance Archer powerbombing 
Darby Allen to the floor in a friggin' uh, 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 coffin case, whatever they call him. Oh, I think Body that bag. was dumb. Body bag. That was With dumb. That, that's how someone's gonna get hurt. He's been doing that. He's been doing that body bag spot for five years. Yeah, but that to me, Jim Cornette got fucking hurt because he's an untrained pro wrestler who had a scaffold match. Oh, I. I, (laughs) You want to talk about who doesn't belong? Marco Stunt paid for training, paid his goddamn dues. It's getting paid now. Jim Cornette took photos, paid his dues, became a manager, wrestled a match when Jim Cornette got yelled at by fucking Bill Watts. Because he cut a promo on Jim Ross when he first went. I just read Jared's book, so it's uh, fresh in my memory. Because he cut a promo on Bill Watts like, the fuck was that bullshit? No one's paying to see a manager versus a ring announcer. And now you're saying Margo's not. He's not treated. He's not the world champion. He's not a tag champion. He's not even a featured player. He's in a group with a dinosaur who's basically their version of Kane, but treated like a dinosaur. And Jungle Boy, who is not a boy or from the jungle. No, but to me, you take Marco Stunt out of that group, you actually could have some sort of legitimate the headbangers. I love the headbangers, but Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy as individual talents are great. You add in that comedy splash with uh, it's like the Cobra with Santino. It added a little more funny to it. And you add Marco Sons, like, okay, this group won't be taken completely serious. But when the time comes, they have sweet transitions and stuff. But that's why you have the H2. You have the Claim versus the Young Bucks, which let's see how that match goes. But also Top Flight versus Jericho and MJF. Like, how great is that match going to be? Or how off the rails is it going to get? That's the fun I think part. That of one will be the better match. The Acclaim have just been on dark, except for last week. And now they're getting a tag team title shot? I think this is a way of, like, they're being put in there with the Young Bucks. They were put in there with uh, SCU before, which Frankie Kazarian destroyed them on the microphone. Uh, And it's those, but you have to see, WWE has NXT. And even before NXT, there's a new, uh, before when, like, COVID didn't hit, they had, NXT was supposed to be the developmental brand, and then they hired a bunch of super indie guys, and it became the work rate brand, where they were like, fuck, we can't have our Kona Reeves on this regularly. We got to put him on the uh, the Coco loop while we have these guys actually touring around the country and the world. And literally, that's what Dark is for AEW, and AEW doesn't have, they're slowly getting different wrestling schools together, but they don't have developmental. They had the indies where that doesn't fully train you how to interact with the TV audience. There's a difference. Like I, I don't know how to interact with the TV audience because I've never done that, but I know how to present in front of a crowd and get them involved. It's those, your critiques are saying he's not a wrestler because someone who gets paid to be miserable says he's not a wrestler as opposed to, if you look, hey, I'm not known as a car driver, but I drive my car because I passed my licensing to do it. If, you're, if someone's willing to pay you to be a wrestler, then you're a wrestler. If someone's willing to pay you to be a porn star, you're a porn star. If you just record a video of you having sex and post on xamster.com slash will not give away this private YouTube, uh, the private link, uh, you're just posting porn. You're not a porn star. Show me the money. Show me the OnlyFans receipts. <laughs> hey, Steven, question for you. Orange Cassidy, Marco Stunt, last match you're going to watch in your whole entire life. Who's it going to be? No, it's going to be the last match. He's not going to know a winner because he's going to shoot himself in the head like the <laughs> guy that stalked Bjork. Yeah, I, yeah. No, when, Lord, that would be. I mean, I, I don't. I think if they had Marco Stunt as more like 
a cheerleader outside, I could. But how is he not that right now? They put him in. He's in too many matches. Instead of getting fucked with by the heels and then it leading into a match where he has to defend himself, it, it it's always like, oh, here's a here's a six man because we we need to get a match on there. And they don't. I find that with AEW, they don't follow through the stories as well as they could. Because they don't have three hours on Monday for one roster, two hours on Friday for another roster, and an hour on, or sorry, two hours now on Wednesday. They literally, if you want that, you watch being the elite to get the, most of these stories are actually driven. Like the reason the Dark Order a year ago got laughed at for them destroying the elite at the end of the year and their ratings were going down. And now John Silver is one of the most over people just because he's funny on a YouTube show. Like once the crowd comes back, that's when we're going to know who's really over, but as of right now, the audience is Twitter, and that's where Pockets, as you say, gets over. And the Dark Order, where it's guys that worked hard. And that's something I don't like, where it's like, you're not this because I don't think you fit these qualifications. Whereas, hey, if you get 51% on a test or 75 or 90, you still pass the test, right? Steven, I you mean, ever heard of Pro Wrestling Tees? Do I? No. Have you ever heard of Pro Wrestling Tees? Oh, yeah. Okay, so no, uh, number one and number two top selling T-shirts of the year. Oh, I already know. It's uh, it's pockets pocket. and <laughs> yeah, and I've I don't fucking get it. When but he why does why does that anger you though? Why does that anger you so much? I think it's because to me, I think it's so disrespectful to f look make it look fake. The the fucking shin kicks, those like super kicks to the shin. But no one sells those. I would love him to try to do that to like a Tyson Dukes. Tyson Dukes would beat the piss out of him right then and there. It would be the greatest thing ever. Maybe that's why people don't have contracts. Well, uh, very well, but I also, me personally, yeah. I would not pay money for that. And I you that's, didn't. That's why. That's no. why I love you as a fan. And then you're like, there's not enough time in the day for porn, or you can watch so much, but you can critique this. We're like, no. There is so much content in the world. Not all of it has to be porn-related, but it's a good joke that I keep going back to. <laughs> I, I just find AEW, yes, they only have two hours, and then they have the two hours on dark. But if they could fall, get a consistent storyline instead of it being... Seems like... No, you want everyone to have a storyline. There are storylines. No, not everyone. I would like it to be consistent. You want Marco Stunt to have a storyline. Marco Stunt is not on the totem pole to have a storyline. But then don't put them in matches. But then I how are you going to have content? You're telling me you couldn't come up with a different matchup? Not in 120 you minutes. You could have uh, Jurassic Express versus another tag team. They have these ratings. Make it, you know, someone trying to get, oh, yeah, I would, I would burn that, Chris, personally. Oh. I would light it on fire, burn it. <laughs> I'd shit on it. Bro, burn something else. You'll be a little more calmer. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I would. They have these. They have these power rankings or division rankings, but it doesn't. Marco like Scott is not on it, by the way. No, no. Thank Jesus, because I would actually. Be. But I would much rather see the Jurassic Express versus someone on that list, where they're trying to move up, than like this. 
Miro, Kip Sabian. I think Kip Sabian could be a superstar. I actually think that arrogant prick is characters great. But this wedding storyline, I don't find that it's doing anything for either of them. I mean, it's been done on Raw. We've seen how many weddings it draws every wrestling. weddings happen on wrestling because they draw ratings. And of course, Sean, Miro is in, in another angle involving a wedding. Sean, are you taking notes? As far as a future guest for the show to have on at the same time as Steven? <laughs> I will give you a hundred bucks, okay? They, no, 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 no. You, to be honest, there isn't too many people that would argue these points because a lot of wrestlers are smart and they won't voice a differing opinion to people. But also at the same time, like, there's a difference between having a discussion and appreciating conversation versus, oh, well, I, I want a job there. I'm not going to voice my opinion. It's like, yeah, cool. You'll be another cog in the machine. And I don't give a shit about that machine at all. Sean, I mean, 100, bucks, 100 bucks. Hold on. 100 bucks right here. Donated to the show to put to <laughs> Steven's wrestling journey as far as charity goes. But you get Marco Stunt on the show. I think you need more than 100 bucks. I think you need more than that. Go look at his cameo account and then like times that by two. And that's probably his booking fee. Okay, so $200 for you, Marco Stunt, and Steven to do an interview all together. Oh, no, because it, would, it wouldn't happen. I would end up in jail. I'd end up Steve, why would you end up in jail? Because I'd end up threatening to kill him. Because he'd that's say not jail. That's, that's internet talk. Like You could end up in Twitter jail. Um, see, I actually enjoy having you on this podcast because we've had other guests who, like what I said, right? They're very like not as talkative, and they don't really they'll they'll talk but not say anything. Whereas I say a lot, but I don't really talk. I don't fucking know. Where but I'm you're going. also I'm not. It seems like you're not afraid to not be booked on big shows. Yeah, I'll just make my own big show. That's I told someone before when I was. Uh, when I was starting Go Hard Pro, it's like, oh, most people who start promotions, either them and their friends aren't getting booked or they don't get booking. So they start a promotion where it's like, yo, I wrestled a lot last year. Like, I shouldn't be starting a promotion. I'm not starting a promotion to have a vanity project. I'm starting a promotion because I, I want it to be better. And there's only so much bitching and moaning you can do where it's like, yeah, well, why not do it yourself? We're in 2020 for the next seven days. Like you can in this environment, you can have this awesome show that if you have me on it, I talk way too much, but it's because, especially in the pandemic, I talked to Perry Ricky. I think everyone has a po podcast because we want to talk to our friends and online. I hate fucking Twitter, but like, I don't see everything negative because I just don't interact with it. And amazingly, when you don't dislike bad blog TO articles or retweet videos of wrestle talk shitting on something. You don't see a lot of that. When you retweet a lot of uh, dog videos, you see dog videos. When you retweet a bunch of cool wrestling spots randomly. If you look at my account, a lot of it has me retweeting shit and like when the Butcher and Blade debuted. I've never sent a dick pic in my life and I've never really made sexually inappropriate texts, but I quote tweeted their goddamn debut and I put raindrop emojis eggplant. Because I was so fucking excited for them because they're my boys and you get to see their hard work pay off. And when you're like, oh, Butcher and the Blade haven't been done right. They had that bomb ass street fight with the Young Bucks last year. They also have the best style that everyone always mentions. And the Butcher, who's been wrestling for like five years, is old and is an accomplished entertainer outside of wrestling. 
is wrestling Pac on a big show this week. It's like, how do you book that person better? I just think seeing them at local shows, Smash, I think they should have been, and I still think they could be, in the tag team title pitcher, actually wrestling for the titles, presented as more of a serious contender for the titles, because I think they have way more talent than they are getting to show. Well, I think right now they are in the title hunt. They've been there every now and then. But, like, they're one of the teams that, if you think of the five teams of AEW, Butcher and the Blades, one of those five that you mentioned. See, I really appreciate that you don't shit on Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks because that's like the easy thing to shit on. Oh, no, no, we haven't got there. He does. Oh, you, uh, you, we haven't got there. Oh, okay. Because then I, do you think the Young Bucks should be tag champs? I don't have a problem with being ta- them being tag champs. I think their lead up to the match against FTR was a sh- wasn't good. I think it was that shitty. should have been in front of a crowd. That's one of the few matches I could say should have been in front of a crowd. But there was no build up. Like I would yeah. have much rather seen that over two or three months, like a like a real good story into it. But but they did do that. Even the FTR, FTR debuted. Their build. No, yeah. but I would have. I, I completely agree with your side. There, that the follow through at the end, like they had at the beginning, and then they realized they want this to be forever, like a longer thing for double or nothing. I think that's the one it was for. But unfortunately, I think they were waiting for crowds, and the pandemic is a pandemic. These are words you didn't hear before this year, unless it was a shitty straight to DVD horror film. Pandemic, lockdowns, like what the hell? Like this is a real outbreaks. This is some like zombie shit. Like we need to like acknowledge that these words weren't real until this year. But like, yeah, it's the follow through of that story was kind of shit. But the matches have been good. Yeah, I mean Kenny Omega. If you're asking me, Japan Kenny Omega, love it. What he started with in AEW was horseshit. More recently, the more cleaner... He's becoming more more Japan Kenny Omega. He says in his interviews, it's great where it goes, I'm tired of helping everyone else. It's time for me to shine. I did a year of building everyone else up. Now it's time for me. And that's where it's now. Also, if you know what you have in your back pocket, I, I just rewatched the CM Punk documentary. When Vince McMahon asked, oh, we think we're going to try you being healed. Do you think you can do this? And CM Punk's indie promos of, as a heel, there's like YouTube compilations. Fucking great. They're hilarious to watch. And he goes, what's the challenge? And Vince is like, what do you mean? It's like, what's the challenge? We want you to be healed. It's like, yeah, that's easy. And he's like, it's Hey, is he fucking with me? And then he became the best fucking heel of that era of wrestling. And legitimately, that's sometimes you when AEW is fresh and starts, they can't use footage from New Japan. So the records do start from zero where it's okay. You now those million people that watch on TNT every few months, they now have to be reintroduced to Kenny Omega. Maybe they've heard his name, but they've not seen him. And me and you appreciating 35, 60 minute Okada matches. The dude that is tuning in for Tony Schiavone and Sting, where there is an audience tuning into that, once again, WWF guy, so it's over my head. If JR and Stone Cold were in a pro, I, I'd pay 50 bucks for an iPay-per-view of just Stone Cold and JR talking. But like that would be the draw for them. And then they hear Kenny Omega, or they hear this other stuff, they're like, okay, I'll stick around. And if you give them a 60-minute match, they're just going to be like, oh. 
But they're also old because they appreciate Tony Schiavone and Sting. But they, when AEW started, they should have had Kenny Omega in this persona. But John Moxley, was a, John Moxley and Jericho were the better choices. And unfortunately, at the same time, it's their uh, problem with having talent as executive vice presidents. Uh, the same reason why people crap on Triple H for his decisions and position. but And that's why people uh, should not be actively wrestling and being in those positions. I mean, and I would have. The only unfortunate. Sorry, Stephen. The only unfortunate thing about that, though, is is Tony Khan starts a wrestling promotion. People are like, "Who the fuck is he to start a wrestling promotion?" The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes in 2019 are the hottest shit in wrestling. That if anyone critiques the Young, which I really thought you were gonna go, the Young Bucks not deserving the tag titles. Where it's if they signed with the WWE instead of creating AEW. They would be tag champs on Raw within six months. They'd probably have a huge match at Mania and be like the tag team. And because they don't have that EVP title, like Sean mentioned, you don't have that bullseye on your back, which to be honest, I, I spoke up a little more when the speaking out stuff happened of more so going, I'll do my best of like, if there's bullshit in wrestling, I'll point it out. Cause there's too many shake your hands. Hi, it's nice to see you today. And talking shit behind people's back where, I, I'm too dumb and too tired to say anything I wouldn't say in front of someone's face. Like, I'm just like, yeah, it's because if anyone gets mad at what I said, A, it's my opinion. My opinion doesn't mean shit. There's seven and a half billion people in the world. And secondly, it's like, if you get mad, it's probably because you actually feel that deep down inside. And you're used to people just being fake and going, no, no, no. Yeah, let's shake each other's hands. Let's be buddy buddies between this call time and this call time, as opposed to actually being friends and building a better scene for the future instead of focusing on yourself. And I said, I, I mentioned to a bunch of people, I started training heavy uh, wrestling wise before the third uh, lockdowns happened. Cause once again, I live in Brampton. So uh, what happened though, is I was like, I think I'm training harder right now because I think there'll be a bullseye on my back and I kind of put it there. But if your only critiques is he voices his opinion too much is that a bad thing that I'm too honest? I I get a so. Hold on. I, I get a question for you before I forget. How tough is Jody Threat outside of the ring? How, how that, that's just a dumb question. Like, how wouldn't she be tough? Like, you, she's hailing Arnold Schwarzenegger like it's her god in her gym right now. If you watch her Instagram stories, she's the most jacked wrestler in Ontario. And like, I'm considering Brent Bangs and Justin Sane in that category too. And like, she's a girl, she'll punch you in the mouth, and you can't punch her, and she'll dare you to punch her. And then you'll be like, fine, I'll punch you, and she'll punch you again, and then she'll kick you in the dick. She punched me in the dick. There's one match if you go on Crossby's YouTube account. It's the first intergender match at Crossby. The first time me and her even wrestled the opposite sex. And she's selling up and she straight up just punches me in the dick. Like I spit because I wasn't expecting how low that punch was going to. I didn't expect that punch at all. So that's just a dumb question, Chris. I'm sorry. No, no. And so did so you make your body hold on. afterwards? No. She did, uh, she did give me a black eye at Barry, though, and paid for my. Uh, my tequila afterwards at the bar. So like, so I, I, was, I was gonna say two things. Number one, when I saw her last year at the what, what was that show that we were at, Sean? The, the two day thing in Toronto for Smash. Northern? The summit. The summit. No. Um. The northern. The northern. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, she listed Lufisto as one of her greatest, basically, uh, you know, wrestlers that she looked up to, as well as the fact is, uh, I mean, she's gifted in so many freaking ways. And and the fact is, she looks like she can put a lot of men to shame in that ring. And it's just, I mean, her power amazes me. So that's, that's pretty much why I asked the question. If you want to see my favorite, one of my favorite matches I've had, it's me, Josh versus her. It's on Crossbody's YouTube account. And like a lot of people don't like three ways, like wrestling three ways, but like I enjoy the challenge of let's plan this so that everyone's involved at the same time. And you have a guy like Josh, you have a girl like Jody, you have an idiot like me. Like that match is just like fun. And Josh like ripped my chest open on chops. So that's fun for uh, people too. So this will be probably. Con controversial. I don't like intergender wrestling. I, 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 I hate watching it. I don't. It just. I don't know. I. You talk about a lot of stuff you don't like, but you don't tell us what porn you watch. So. Oh, that that will talk out <laughs> off air because that's that's a very unique stuff. But like, no, but like. like that's a valid I, opinion. You didn't shit on intergender wrestling until you're like, hey, let me just it's not controversial. It's legitimately you don't like it. And I I don't like a lot of bad intergender wrestling. I don't like sexual innuendos on stuff. I once again, this is me in my mind thinking because I, I had Josh helping me at this show. When I wrestled Addy on that last match, no bullshit. We're planning the match and it's a my style match, so I want to wrestle. And she's like, Oh, do you want a little more haha -ha, gaga? And I'm like no and she's like well the fans don't want new japan and it's a first show in peterborough it's a family crowd half of them got refunds because of covid and i was like she said they don't want new japan they want haha -ha. and i said they don't know what they want because they haven't seen anything and josh told me don't punch her in that match and i was like good point i'll remember that and that whole match like it's very much a japanese style match but like you forget that it's a man versus a woman and it's just two wrestlers at that point. Because once again, like you want to bring up uh, Marco Stunt, but like Rey Mysterio wasn't too far off on that. And like he was a loved character in WCW. And if it's Viscera versus uh, Rey Mysterio, that's one thing. I see like a, if you have Marco Stunt versus Tessa Blanchard, Tessa Blanchard has the advantage, right? Marco Stunt versus Alexia Nicole. I, I think Marco will try to twerk and he will not be capable of it. <laughs> and uh, Alexia Nicole is jacked as well. I mean, for me, I I just find that it's just maybe it's my, the social work background in me. It's just it, that's why I was told not to punch Addy in that match because you don't know who in that crowd has experienced that kind of thing. And unfortunately, like I will admit that there's a couple intergender matches. Like I said, Jody Threat versus Von Vertigo in that opener. But also that match is Jody kind of has the advantage over Von in that aspect. And plus we have weapons. So I, I just I'll, I'll watch the show. That will be one of those matches that. You can skip over it. It'll be on YouTube for the rest of time. So, like, I, I have a, a hope that by that Monday we'll have a certain amount of viewers. So, like, if you watch after 9 p.m., you can skip through the first little bit. And honestly, it's just one of those things, like, I've seen too much shitty yep. sexually. And you're just like. Why? It's not funny. It's not wrestling. Yeah. That's not what you're here for. Like. If you have a Lufisto versus Warhead and they're beating the shit out of each other, 
there's no reason for like there to be a waistlock grind spot in it, which I've seen them wrestle each other and they didn't do that. They used dildos, but like it made sense. There's no weird like gold dust kind of inappropriateness where it's like, yeah, it's that's that's a perfect reason. That's why I always like asking people why, because it forces them to acknowledge what their real feelings are. And I like you, Steven. You actually have points. You're not. I don't like this because I'm a Jim Cornette guy. You have the social service background. And that's where you can agree with people. I, I'm not religious now. I kind of grew up Catholic. But I, whenever I ask if someone's religious and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic and they or whatever. But they never went through a journey of reading the Bible for themselves. They don't go to church every week. You're not practicing that religion where it's if you started Catholic and now you're Muslim or you're Buddhist and you had that moment of realization, I, I just don't like people working their lives for what might happen at the end, where I believe it's an electricity bill. Every morning you get to turn the light on and off and at some point the power gets cut off. And if you didn't enjoy that in the time, okay. And also, yeah, what I do is cool, but also what everyone else does in the world is cool too. The fact that if you work at McDonald's, I don't know how to do your job. You also don't know how to do my job. I don't really know how to do my job. I just know I get paid every Friday. Sometimes if I show up, it's, it kind of works out for me. But like that's, everyone's valued where it's a lot of people don't see that of like, oh, if I'm not doing this, I'm not. Dude, the fact I, I think everyone thinks that they'll be a parent one day because that can happen by accident. And if it happens to me in the next five years, it's an accident. I promise I'll never be a parent. Did you get snipped? No. It's kind of tough for two guys to pop a baby out and I don't like children. So oh, I thought you were going to say you don't like pulling out. <laughs> well, usually we're going to leave that alone. You're a bottom. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, see what, what's again? See, I have no shame conversating with this, Steven. You're the one that even brought it up. Never see. That's the bullshit that of like, Oh, I'm not going to be open. That's your true self. Screw that. That's who you love. That's who you feel. It's whatever. It's you. It's Steven. I appreciate Steven as Steven. And, uh, I, uh, that's why you might not want to talk about your porn, but like you're, you're more in the bear category. Is your boyfriend in that bear category? I don't have a boyfriend. Okay. Is the types that you go for in that category? No, complete opposite. Ooh. So Sean, what is next <laughs> in, uh, the, uh, the marathon episode of the Christ Christmas episode of the oh, sweet, name change. sweet name change over there also. Exactly. Um, so yes, we have gone a little long, which is great. I, I love the no girl has ever said that to me. That's why I would. That's why <laughs> I would never <laughs> I'm so, not even. I'm sober. I know. We should awful. invite. Hey Sean, we should invite uh, Holden uh, to do one of our uh, fantasy warfare tournaments. So oh, for sure. Would, I think it'd be a riot. Uh, I, I like girls with glasses. Actually, no, no, no. Girls with like the baseball hat, but like long, thick. Oh, I'm guessing not that kind of fantasy. No. <laughs> okay. we, do, uh, we do. We we usually pick a topic. We started as weekly, and then we went to these long ass 64, where we pick. We've done tag teams. We've done managers. We've done greatest world champions. Oh, okay, like a bracket breaker kind a of bracket thing. Yeah, breaker, and yeah. then. You could break do like, it down. Uh, like, you could do like greatest uh, greatest managers with uh, glasses. Paul Ellard, did he have glasses? He didn't. Harvey Whippleman had glasses. One yes, of the best yeah. champion of all times. Sean, was this how you expected uh, 
the last <laughs> the last one before Christmas to go. No, but it's a good. Uh, I like the length. It's been uh, great. Um, the upside is what we had left uh, to do is all stuff that's happening next month. So I can talk about it on next episode. So it's all Perfect. good. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, just, hold on, just for the record, Mercedes Martinez returned to NXT tonight uh, to beat the shit out of Io Shirai. So that's uh, she. So she's yeah, back in NXT. I expected See, that to happen. And then two two more things actually. KG Mudo is uh, his fifty eighth birthday today, so the one and only great Muda, as well as on this date in nineteen ninety five, Ted DiBiase celebrated Festivus by unleashing Santa Claus on the World Wrestling Federation. So. Uh, in your house, number five. The WWE Network has a fun little like uh, Christmas collection up, which includes Mick Foley facing all of these Santa Clauses, and it's really fun. I, I wish I saw that before I filmed my show, because I think that would have been hilarious. I have a bunch of Santas. <laughs> Where is... Uh, so you were saying that you've... You, not not only as far as Goal... Uh, go, Go hard pro goes. That is the alcohol in me right now talking. But I'm uh, jealous. I'm jealous. Where where do people find you as far as your uh, your personal uh, podcast goes? So if you look up, this is Brendan, and also Brendan Caulfield on Facebook because that's where I got that part from. Uh, you can find all that. I'm at Holden Pro on Instagram, Twitter. Go Hard Pro is at at Go Hard PW on Instagram and Twitter. And you can watch the show tomorrow at 7 p.m. for free on Crossbody Pro Wrestling's YouTube account. Uh, also, a quick shout out to Hamilton Pro Wrestling Academy for letting us film stuff there. And for Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment's purchase of the Ontario Performance Center, that that's where we actually got a chance to film the event. So I'm very appreciative to all these people. And for any new fans that can come to the Crossbody account, there's almost two years of showcase shows of younger guys. Uh, I saw some of them on the intro for the holiday greetings. They've come through the showcase shows. And I, I, I'm very happy that there's a, a place now, and especially the fact that sometimes the showcase shows go online at midnight when the show finishes at 10 p.m. And it's consistent wrestling from Ontario. And you'll see the growth of these guys where you want to ask me who you'll see in two years. I want to know who of these guys I'm going to see in two years tearing up the main event scene in the area. And they all started here having shitty matches because they're shitty new wrestlers. Like that's where growth comes in. And like, it's scumbags is awesome. I love the group. I love seeing the connections with everyone. And yeah, like Ontario is awesome. Let's build it up. Let's have conversations like this. Let's make it better. Sounds great. Uh, thank you once again for being a part of this. Uh, I love Steven's idea of us uh, having you uh, for a fantasy warfare tournament. Uh, we're going to launch that again uh, next month uh, with uh, some of the mid Carter uh, champions, greatest of all time. But uh, yeah, I just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and congrats on uh, go hard pro tomorrow night. Thank you very much guys. All of you. Happy holidays. Happy new year. Uh, stay safe. Most importantly, stay sane and healthy guys. Uh, Love you all. I, I had a blast tonight. Hey, Sean, can I say Stay one more me. thing? Yeah, go for it. So 100 bucks, another 100 bucks, by the way. If if your, your wrestling palooza, whatever you guys are calling it, happens, I want to see Holden Albright and, and Chad, a.k.a. Warhead, in a match. See, I tried so hard to constantly call him Warhead during it. <laughs> like I was like, don't say Chad. Anyways, hundred bucks towards that match for your first ever wrestling palooza for Ontario. That is my donation right there. 
I, yeah, but you still owe me a beard from uh, Sami Zayn <laughs> not getting buried. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to play one more uh, set of greetings and we're out of here. So uh, we'll uh, have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. And we'll talk again after this off air. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Wrestling fans, it's one third of the current pro wrestling Ontario Trios champion Scumbag Gates. Wishing everyone at home and Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast safe and happy holidays. Now I'm just about to go to a place of phasmophobia because there's nothing better to do on a lazy Sunday than to be attacked by a bunch of scary ghosts. Have a good one, guys. Hey, Scumbags Wrestling, this is Brad Yeah, he does this again. See, he he dropped him, he dropped himself again. This is uh, pretty normal for uh, Sean. But we're still alive. We're still alive. Yeah, we're, we're still alive because the yeah I've I've had to do this in the middle of. <laughs> I just want to put over Justin real quick. Gilmy talks. Me and him have become like pretty close friends over the last few months, and like that dude's awesome. When I saw him pop up, I legit I popped. I got excited. I was like, yeah, Justin, woohoo! He did a he did a um, uh, tribute show last year with regards to somebody in his family at yeah. uh, at Montcalm Secondary School here in London, uh, but he had Cody Deaner and Carter, uh, Carter Mason in the main event. But 